1: Hey everyone, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS Friday version. I am Scott Jensen, joined by Andrew Laird. As usual, we appreciate uh, the sponsorship by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. That is a fantastic sponsorship that we've done in baseball and football, so we thank them for that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Also, it does go a long way towards helping the podcast, helping people find the podcast, which are both very good things. Uh, we are at week four of the NFL season. Uh, Andrew, how are you?
2: i uh, pretty good, pretty good. It's um, We're starting to get into some bye weeks, so... Uh... I get to do the uh, ceremonial "No way the Jets can lose on Sunday" tweet that uh, <laughs> week, will inevitably uh, week, make my week Sunday. Four,
1: back. Uh, week four, week four bye weeks is like the dumbest thing ever. By the
2: way, it's it's a killer. Like th- there's just so much season left, and yeah. uh, if there's a, a positive for the Jets is that it's a a week that Darnold can have mono that doesn't uh, include a game. So that's. That's nice, and they can't lose, so uh, all positives yeah. here for the Jets. It's fan. funny,
1: both of uh, both of the teams we root for are actually off this week, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's a big di- disadvantage. I think that hey, getting it now, you know, you're, you, you Donald points a good point. The Niners are a little banged up too, but I think of NFL season you're always banged up at some point. But you go 13 straight weeks after this. That's uh, that's tough to have your buy this early.
2: It's, I mean, it's an absolute killer, and obviously, you know, it's a few teams, but um, it just seems so, just so early, like. Who needs a break at this point? I mean, obviously, some teams, I'm sure, would take it. But, like, if you took a survey of all the teams and were like, when would you like your bye week? Like, nobody's picking week four. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and and probably nobody's picking week 12 either, which extends all the way to week 12 this year. I think they just—I think you just kind of bite the bullet and have everybody, like, seven, eight, nine, have a bunch of teams off. I don't know how you do it perfectly, but uh, week four and week 12 seem like pretty big disadvantages.
2: Yeah, uh, it's—I mean, it— it allows us to lower our player pool a little bit for Sunday. So I theoretically yeah. that could help, but uh, yeah, we'll see.
1: Uh, only that uh, is, is topped by the fact that Raiders don't have a home game again until November 3rd.
2: That's wild. Yeah.
1: They have wow. a bye week in there. They have a, uh, they have an overseas game or maybe it's a Mexico game. I forget what it is, but it's uh, maybe it's London. I forget. They play somewhere outside of Oakland. They have like three road games in there. It's a crazy stretch. The, uh, the Oakland A's are in the playoffs, and then you know everybody's like, oh, we don't have to worry about uh, the Raiders taking the field. And I was like, how is that possible? And I looked, it's November 3rd, the next time they're home. It seems a, a crazy stretch.
2: That's the uh, total opposite with the Yankees and New York City FC, who will be both playing in the playoffs at the same time. Uh-huh. The uh, soccer team won this past weekend, uh, almost clinched the top seed in the Eastern Conference, and they were. I saw a picture that one of the reporters at the game tweeted out that the team was still on the field celebrating, and the grounds crew had already brought the tractors out to take the sod up from the infield because the Yankees are playing the next day.
1: Oh, uh, That is beautiful. That's uh, that's a good one. I'm surprised the Yankees don't like kick them off to a City Field or something like that.
2: Uh, the they're just so um, money hungry that they can't afford to not have. Uh, I got gotcha. you. The, uh, the soccer team there. It's a horrible, horrible place for soccer. Um, but I would so.
1: I would imagine that yeah it's pretty bad yeah um, so let's jump into the uh, the week four slate take a, a quick look at it kind of overall before we jump into specific players. Uh, a few high totals this week uh, only one game over 50 but we have a couple games at 49 and a half uh, jump those first interesting one to me it's uh, the Redskins at the Giants over unders 49 and a half Giants minus three. Uh, I guess when you get two horrific defenses you you tend to get a high total to not, depending on not uh, not required the uh, good offenses in this case.
2: It's, it's a funny concept if I told you like six months ago, like, oh, we're going to be targeting a game with Case Keenum and Daniel Jones because it has a ton of points gonna, that are going to be scored. Um, you would have found somebody else to do the podcast with. And so, yeah. but here we are <laughs> we're like, yeah, let's get it. <laughs>
1: Then we have the we have the Rams hosting Tampa Bay over under forty nine and a half there bigger spread there obviously the Rams are favored by nine and a half, and then in the big bonanza game of the week we have the uh, the Chiefs headed to Detroit to face the unbeaten Lions. Uh, Casey's favored by six and a half. Uh, as a, as if you're a better I love KC in this game by the way I think they roll this game but over under 54 and a half huge huge line there obviously the uh the Pat Mahomes Chiefs circus line uh, they score a ton of points uh you think Detroit can keep up enough to uh, to push that game to a, a real shootout level
2: I think they can keep up to push it over 54 and a half but like I think the Chiefs could score 40 and we wouldn't, bl- I, you know, bat an eye. So
1: I think this is a perfect spot. I think Detroit is a little bit smoke and mirrors with their unbeaten uh, so far. They had that tie in there. Yeah. Uh, nice win over the Chargers last week, but I think they're smoke and mirrors. Uh, I guess it was, and they beat they beat Philly last week. to beat the Chargers the week before. Uh, I, I I just think the Chiefs are going to do whatever they want in this game. Mahomes in a dome is a lovely situation. Uh, I
2: love Casey big in this game. Uh, do you know that Mahomes has never had a good game in a dome?
1: Uh, does he have one career or something like that? Zero zero this is i believe
2: this is a a note that somebody in our subscriber chat had had noted so i'm not sure where they came where that came from i'll be honest i did zero research to find out if it was true but the the specific comment was that he has never played a pro game in a dome
1: i mean i guess uh you know you you think about his division they're all they're all outside teams Uh, i'm looking at his schedule here yeah i don't see any dome games that's uh as long as their game against Arizona last year was a home game, I think yeah, I think that's true. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I mean, so who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe his superpowers come from grass, and now this artificial turf, he'll be that's his kryptonite.
1: I'm pretty sure that I am concerned about that. None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, We do have some low total games this week uh, and and a couple of really low totals. And I found myself um, kind of ignoring the players in this game, in in the two bottom games. The the, the low one that's not super low is uh, the Patriots at Buffalo. Uh, New England's is favored by seven. This game over under forty two and a half. Obviously, two defenses. They're very good in this game. Uh, crazy stat for you. Uh, New England has faced thirty nine offensive possessions this year uh, against their defense. They have allowed zero touchdowns and one field goal on those thirty nine possessions.
2: Uh, and it was the opening game too, right? It was Pittsburgh. Yeah, the,
1: the yeah. Pittsburgh had that one field goal in that game. That's wild. Because the uh, the jet both the Jets' scores last week were on uh, defense uh, special teams. Uh, New England defense uh, is scary good right now, although they have played Miami and the Jets. Uh, no, no, mm-hmm. uh, no offense intended there. Uh, so you know maybe we'll see how real it is. I don't think Buffalo is uh, the team we're really going to test your defense against. But uh, if New England has a really good defense, uh, that's that's a scary proposition.
2: As a frequent AFC East football game watcher, um, I'm sorry. Patriots at, yeah, Patriots at Buffalo is always tough. Like Playing at Buffalo is not easy, and yeah. they tend to play the Patriots pretty well, specifically there, and so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few people on the Bills, but I just there are zero numbers to back that up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually want to see the the Buffalo defense. I think it's pretty good against this New England New England offense. I think it's an interesting game. Uh, the other two games that are really low numbers, we have two games with a thirty eight total this week: yeah. uh, <laughs> Minnesota at Chicago, and that's kind of a uh, you know a, a really good defense really versus really good defense setup. Um, you know, in, in Chicago, so it's outdoors. You don't get the, uh, the dome of the, uh, of the Vikings. Uh, I, te- I found myself not playing many guys in this game or kind of anybody. I, you know, Dalvin Cook's obviously the interesting name. But, you know, going against Chicago defense, I found other ways to pay up. And his, his price has moved up since his, his really good start to the season. Then we also have Jacksonville at Denver. Uh, a little bit more of, a, you know, good defensive but also bad offenses. Uh, Denver's favored by three over under 38 in that one. Uh, we don't often get uh, two games in the 38 range in on one slate.
2: Yeah, it's, and on a slate that's smaller already because of the buys. But right. um, when I was looking at these, I was thinking to myself, if they were playing, if it was a different game, uh, you know, if these four teams happen to be playing other other teams, like how many guys – from Jacksonville, Denver, and Chicago, are you really going after? Like even that's in a, yeah, great that's a good situation point too.
1: I mean, it just uh, not very good offense. I mean, obviously, mean, Taylor Gabriel had the three touchdowns last week, but right. I think that was uh, we probably throw that out as, a, as kind of a weird quarter. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Denver's got a couple receivers who are interesting if they weren't playing Jacksonville. Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders have both been uh, both been pretty decent, but you know, still Joe Flacco. And on, on a full slate, you can probably find plenty of receivers.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly the way I kind of looked at these games. It's like the I already probably didn't want a lot of exposure to these games. Cook's probably the only, i mean, Cook and Thielen are really the only Vikings I ever consider. Like, I, all four quarterbacks, I mean, you're probably struggling to roster them on a showdown, let alone a full slate. And so— uh, Trubisky
1: does Trubisky does not look good, by the
2: way. No, no. Um, and looking at last week's stat line, like, that's pure smoke and mirrors, too. It wasn't even that great, but it happened to be good for him. Yeah, but yeah, the, I just uh, like
1: the the him uh, a few picks before Patrick Mahomes is uh, gotta be uh, gotta make a Bears fan kind of shake a
2: little bit. They traded up too, didn't they? I yeah, they, they did trade up. I think and I think
1: KC traded up to get Mahomes too. Yeah. But I saw the stat line that uh, if Mahomes goes 0 for forty one in his next forty one attempts with forty one interceptions, he still has a career a passer rating higher than Trubisky.
2: God, that's amazing.
1: It, it seems <laughs> it seems impossible. I read it like three times just to you know you think the o for forty one might do it, but 0 for 41, 41 with 41 picks. picks. And still would do it. It's uh, yeah. I mean, granted, he's in a completely different setup sure. and offense than Trubisky is in. But I, I think it's safe to say that uh, Mahomes is uh, quite uh, quite the steal of that draft.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so so those two games. I mean, we've talked about you know what you do, particularly in cash games. Uh, GPP is that pretty much the opposite that you want to kind of get as expansive as you can in terms of guys are considering. But for cash games, like the key is to whittle down the player pool to really the players that you think. Might be able to make your lineup in an optimal situation, and thankfully, those four teams tend not to have a lot. Cook was early because he was underpriced, but like th- throwing out those two games, I was more than happy to do that.
1: Yeah, me too. And, as it were, jumping the positions, if uh, you know, I may mention a guy or two, but I think I'm pretty right. pretty much steering
2: clear from both those uh, both those matchups. There's there might be one guy that we'll talk about that right. might make it. I like it.
1: Um, also, the, we won't uh, be hitting the primetime games. We had Philly and Green Bay last night, which actually turned into a pretty good game, mm-hmm. uh, although the the Packers uh, inside the five offense uh, left uh, something to be desired late. Uh, you know, they had the, the four plays from the one where they threw the ball four times. It didn't work with Aaron Jones, you know, didn't let him touch the ball. And Devontae Adams was out by that point. He, uh, he hurt his foot um running the ball four times where your best receiver is not on the field was was very strange and they threw the interception late also uh, but uh, good win by philly on the road uh, they needed one at one and two so good spot there
2: yeah pete also, carroll thought that was a dumb dumb decision uh yeah
1: the marshawn lynn jokes were low jokes were definitely sure. flying on oh, yeah. flying on twitter uh dallas and new orleans is a night game really fun game there um i think dallas uh, wins that game by the way on the road i just don't uh, i don't believe in new orleans yet with the two uh the the defensive touchdown and the special teams touchdown last week I think skewed a little bit uh, the fact that I think this offense still, tr- still struggles with Teddy Bridgewater yeah. and then uh, Monday night uh, kind of nice to miss that game since he had Pittsburgh which uh, which should be pretty gross.
2: Uh, do you think that'll be worse than the Jags Titans game?
1: Uh, I think it'll be better just because there are a few a uh, few more interesting playmakers on each side. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mason Rudolph and Andy Dalton, not, uh, not what we signed <laughs> up for when they, uh, when they scheduled that game. A, they have a, like a really bad run of Monday night games coming. The, the 49ers Browns game is kind of interesting, but there's no, there's a bunch of games that, uh, you know, you look at them on paper four weeks ago and they look pretty good. And now you're like, yeah, that's not gonna be a really good game.
2: Yeah. I think one of the worst kept secrets, uh, f- for the NFL is that Monday night games really aren't that fun. Like, yeah, it, it's,
1: it's it's crazy because you, you look at them, you're like, oh, we're going to get good matchups. And it's just it's so hard to figure out, you know, injuries and teams that uh, you don't expect to suck kind of sucking um, have really really make it tough to schedule those, those so far out.
2: Right. I mean, the, it's it's just become clear that and because they have the flex option later in the season. But Sunday night is really like the marquee game of the week. Yeah, that, so, the,
1: the Sunday night flex is, is really nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, So let's get into some positions, but first a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. The Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes, Even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So I think running backs, uh, we always kind of start with Christian McCaffrey. Ezekiel Elliott is not on the slate this week. Saquon Barkley is hurt. Um, So he's definitely um, separated himself a little bit pricing-wise. He's um, the most expensive running back on DraftKings by 500, on FanDuel by 700. Uh, How much do you like or not like Christian McCaffrey coming off the big game against Arizona last week?
2: I think uh, you can never like say it's bad. Um, just how much they use him. I mean, obviously he doesn't have great games all the time. Week two was pretty disappointing, but right. I, I, any situation that he's on a slate, in particular, like you said, like there's no Zeke, there's no Saquon Barkley, uh, and so the the upper tier running backs on this slate, um, and it depends how far you take that tier but there really aren't that many good ones. And we happen to have a few cheaper guys that, um, for cash games, I think a lot of people will go that way, which greatly alters the rest of your lineup. But it seems like uh, McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are the two top ones. Um, Like Todd Gurley has a great matchup, but like the way that they've been using him, I just don't see how you can make that move. And at that point, below Gurley, Um, You have a a bunch of these like middle tier guys that I, there are some that are perfectly fine, um, but you kind of have to say what I, am I going to get the same production from a guy who's around the 5,000 range as I am 6,500 to 7,000? And if so, then why, what is the reason to pay for the 6,500 guy other than if everybody goes to the 5,000 Then you have kind of an ownership leverage move there?
1: Yeah, I think I, I agree there. I mean, it's funny. There, there was the top four, you know, running backs in season-long drafts all offseason was McCaffrey. You mentioned Zeke and Barkin, and obviously Alvin Kamara's off the slate also. Right. So McCaffrey definitely sticks out. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. You look at his first game, only four targets with Kyle Allen. He didn't have the big game, but because he had a he had a 77-yard, whatever long it was, a touchdown run that uh, late in the game that kind of broke his game wide open. Yeah. It was looking like it was going to kind of be a, a, a disappointing game again for C-Mac. But, um, you know, as good as he is, he can always have that one break. But only four targets is a little bit concerning um, the way that they they ran offense. Kyle Allen played really well, but they just didn't – they didn't dump down to McCaffrey as much as they usually do. Uh, should be a, should be a pretty good game flow in this one. They uh, you know playing at Houston, they should have to score to stay in this game. You got to figure that the, the Texans with Deshaun Watson are going to score some points. Um, they did play Austin Eckler well last week against the run, but he had seven catches, so maybe uh, maybe maybe the Panthers will see that and use McCaffrey more out of the backfield. But uh, if you are paying up, I have no problem going with McCaffrey this week. I don't think he's an obvious like you know slot him in right away kind of guy. But uh, if you are going up, he's he's clearly the best guy to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, just I think you can make a case for Eckler. Um, but you kind of have the same situation as what we had with uh, Zeke last week. Although, um, well, yeah, it's the exact same situation. The spread's a little tighter. It's actually now down to 15 to, from 16 and a half. Um, <laughs> yes.
1: Play the Chargers playing at the, at the dolphins,
2: at game. the dolphins. That's right. And so, uh, Melvin Gordon is, is back with the team. He's not going to be playing in this game. So we're kind of on borrowed time now with Eckler. Uh, so, like is do you see this as a situation where they're like well we better get as much out of him as we can or is it does do they go up and then Justin Jackson gets a bunch of run like uh the 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 running back situations against the Dolphins is just it's tough because when you look at the stats um they've given up the second most or they were had given up the most fantasy points to running backs uh through three weeks and but the problem is it's not a single guy each week it's like They get killed. And so it's like three guys with 80 yards and a touchdown and cumulatively that, that, you know, makes their stats look bad, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can rely on a single running back against them. So that's kind of the, at least the hesitation with Eckler, like the, the, the matchup is better than what McCaffrey has, but it's possible, you know, McCaffrey's game should be closer. And so theoretically he's on the field a lot more than Eckler is.
1: Yeah, and I think Eckler's the kind of guy where they're not going to feed him 20 times in the second half to, you know, melt the game. And if they're up like, you know, say they're only up 13 or something like that, I still don't think they use him to really run out clock. Uh, he only had nine carries last week. He did have seven targets, you know, crazy. He has 20 targets here. He has 19 catches. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear that uh, A, has good hands, and B, they use him in spots where, you know, easy passes out of the backfield. Um, I just think he's fully priced right now. I think, yeah. he, you know, he's 8,100 on family. he's 8,000 on DraftKings. Um, I love Eckler. I think he's really talented, but he's also a guy that they want in the mix full time you know not full time but you know for the whole season um, so I don't think it's like a, you know oh this is his last game we're just gonna you know feed him until he gets tired uh, he's a guy that they want in their offense all year you know even with Gordon they're still gonna want Eckler on third down they're gonna want Eckler to spell Gordon um, I think Gordon uh, you know their, their quotes yesterday you know he's our starter he's the number one guy I don't think he's gonna be the the guy right away like that I don't think they're gonna feed him for a little bit and I just I hate guys missing Four weeks and then coming back with running backs. I think you're just so susceptible to injuring yourself, not being in football shape. So I think Eckler is going to be very important uh, for them down the stretch. So I don't think it's a game where they just they just feed him because they don't need him anymore.
2: That's fair. I, I think yeah. the the weird thing with Eckler is uh, we are so used to paying down for him. And so we feel like we're getting ripped off when we have to pay up. But like yep. if— if he was never an issue, like if he was never what he was, Melvin Gordon played the whole time, like we would pay what Eckler, like we'd pay eight thousand for Melvin Gordon. He's seventy seven hundred for, uh, you know, to show this week. But like, if or on the other side, like if Eckler, if if Gordon was never there and Eckler was appropriately priced this whole time, right? Then he would be Gordon's price this whole time, and I think we would have paid that anyway.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point. I just. uh uh, I think for this week, I just worry about them. Uh, the second half, if they do get up, I think you see Justin Jackson. I think you see whoever the third stringer is. I just don't think that they. I don't they beat Eckler into the ground. Uh, you know, maybe like maybe like they would in a close game where it's back and forth. And they need him to score, mm-hmm. or like maybe a team like Dallas would. Although even Dallas last week, I mean, Tony Pollard had a ton of work uh, in the second half. I just I think the Dolphins are so historically bad that uh, you do get situations where you know the second half becomes kind of a joke.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think. There's definitely a build uh, with McCaffrey and Eckler. Um, We'll get to some cheaper wide receivers later that make that possible. But um, I don't know. It's like if you consider them the two best running backs and you can fit them in fairly easily, like why wouldn't you play them? But at the same time, like they both have significant questions. Like every running back on this slate has question marks. Um, Yeah. Except maybe one. So
1: I'm going to jump down to what I think is my favorite one. Uh, 6100 on DraftKings, 7300 on FanDuel. Uh, Marlon Mack at home yeah. against the Raiders. Uh, got a uh, got some good work last week where he was a little bit questionable coming into the game. Uh, so we're a week removed from the injury at least, which is, which is a nice thing. Uh, he had 16 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown against the Falcons. Um, I just think the Raiders uh, are not good. I think the Raiders on the road again this week. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 16 for 110 last week and Alexander Madison had 1258 both them scored last week. I think the Raiders are uh, not good. I think they're on the road again. The Raiders historically are really bad on the, the East Coast morning games. Um, I think this is a game where Indy uh, runs the ball a ton, controls the game. You know, Indy's not going to blow you out uh, with Jacoby Brissett, kind of, you know, more of a game manager, kind of a just win the game kind of guy than the, someone that's going to beat you 35-3. to three. Uh, I think we get a little bit of a closer game this week, with, with a, but with a lead. We think leads into uh, Mac really getting a lot of work this week.
2: I totally agree about Mac, and it's kind Funny funny there was a, a talk last week um because they played the falcons and pass catching running backs against the falcons are like guaranteed fantasy points yeah um and but max not really that and so um he didn't really have like a huge game he did have a touchdown uh 74 yards on on 16 attempts and caught two passes so everyone's like oh well you know maybe maybe he's not that good because everybody kills you know running backs kill the falcons but it's like well, it's really pass catching running backs. And this week, which is a guy is Derrick Henry, who plays uh the Falcons. He's kind of the same. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. There's he has these highlight reel, like he'll catch three yard passes and run them for seventy five yards, but like he's not right. really a pass catching running back in the traditional sense. And so um and they're priced right next to each other on DraftKings. And I feel like every week I'm looking at they're they're next to each other. Like their prices just don't if one price moves, the other one moves. Um so but like matchup wise like Mac is so much better this week than Henry even though Henry has this presumed great matchup against the Falcons who give up a ton of uh catches to running backs so I, I think Mac is great this week uh for exactly the reason you said and I think he's better than pretty much everybody in this range Um when you have like Henry Leonard Fournette against the Broncos um Nick Chubb against the Ravens like that's not a great one the only one that that I feel like may have a case is Mark Ingram um, against Cleveland, which I I I'm, I can't figure out. Cleveland, um, them blowing out the Jets like didn't really they didn't really blow them out, but like they controlled that game so easily. But like the Jets pretty much gave up control of that game just as much as Cleveland took it. And so like I can't get a read if Baltimore's offense is good enough where Ingram should continue to crush. Like Ingram doesn't even have that many touches. Like that's the crazy thing we said that last week. When we were, um, you know, he's getting, like, 14, 15 carries. And he only had 16 carries last week, but, like, 103, three touchdowns. Yep. And it's, like, I guess he doesn't need 20 to, to be effective.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw a stat where 96% of his carries are for positive yards, That's which lead wild. the league. Uh, I just, it's, I mean, we've talked about it, it is such a gigantic edge when you have a quarterback that is that dangerous running the ball, like Lamar Jackson, you just have to, you have to put guys on Lamar Jackson. It, yeah. it just takes a guy out of the box. It takes a guy every time that uh, Lamar, you know, hands it off and rolls the other way, someone has to go with him in case he keeps the ball. It just, when you, when you take one defender out of the box and you know, you can block everybody, it just makes a huge difference.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and Mark Ingram's a pretty good running back that's going to take advantage of that.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I think we we people kind of forget that he's he's very good <laughs> as well. It's not just like because he has these huge lanes from from Jackson, but do you put him in the same category as Mac for this um. week?
1: I prefer Mac this week. I just think, I think the upside is, is more with Mac. I think the, the, the matchup is, is really good. I think that Baltimore should control the ball pretty well against Cleveland. But, um, you know, I, I think that game really depends on if Cleveland uh, can score, can score. If they can score and turn it into a little bit of a shootout, I think that's kind of got some sneaky shootout potential, but, the Cleveland offense just hasn't looked good. They can't block anybody, which is the problem. I mean, Baker is literally dropping back and running for his life almost in every play. You saw that last week when they, you know, against the against the Rams and they couldn't. They just couldn't get him any time that fourth quarter. They were right in that game. They probably shouldn't have been there. They're right in that game, and uh, I don't know if you can't block anybody against Baltimore. I just worry a little bit that they uh, they can't keep
2: up. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. So then they can't keep up, and then Ingram maybe gets 18 carries.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think Ingram's slotted into what he is. You're need, you need, going to need the touchdowns every week. You know, weeks where he doesn't score, he's not going to be a great play. But, um, you know, he, he's clearly the red zone guy. When they get inside the 10, they they make sure he's in the game. And um, they seem to be handing the ball off to him. I mean, it's got to be appealing to, for Lamar to keep it. But I think you probably try and keep the hits on off him in the goal line. And it makes sense for Ingram to deliver those hits more than, than Lamar Jackson would take them. Love it. Uh, and just a last point on Marlon Mack. You know, especially interesting to me on DraftKings. He is – like if you just compare him to Austin Eckler, he's 800 less than Eckler on Fanduel. He is 1900 yeah. less than Eckler on DraftKings. I think that Eckler got priced up on DraftKings just because there's you know there's that there's that little void right now without those top uh, you know those top running backs you mentioned that are either off the slate or injured. Um, and, you know they moved Eckler up, but Mac kind of stayed where he was. 6100 for Mac seems like a really good price and kind of a good spot to start my lineup this week.
2: Totally agree. Like he hasn't had an explosive game yet, um, but home against the Raiders feels like that should be the opportunity. I guess week one, he was very good. I forgot about that game. We uh, all we the way ta- back to week one.
1: Yeah. All the way back to week. One. It seems like a long time ago, yeah. isn't it? We talked about Cleveland Baltimore. I want to ask you what you think about uh, Nick Chubb this week. I think he's a, uh, a very low percentages guy this week. I don't think he's gonna be w- widely owned or played against the, against the Ravens defense. Um, but a guy that, you know, was a huge hype guy in the, in the off season and drafts. He moved up to like the end of the first round. Uh, LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams were 17 for 116 on the Ravens defense last week. So really good, really efficient. But, you know, that's playing with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball over the yard. So you have to you have to shift your defense to that. So I don't know how much weight I put into that. Uh, Chubb was 23 for 96 last week. Not good yards per carry. But you love to see the volume. You love to see Cleveland kind of relying on him more. Although they probably should have late in the game when they threw the ball uh, in the red zone. I feel like Chubb really hasn't broken out yet. I feel like he, you know, it's one of those guys that you know maybe people are gonna just kind of slide by him this week as they scroll the running backs. Um, how do you feel about Chubb this week? Kind of as a uh, a sneaky lower percent play than usual. Uh,
2: I'll probably scroll right by him. So I think yeah, you're right think on that. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the case. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's there's just too many hurdles for me to go to justify him over like Ingram in the same game um, or Mac. Um, the other guy, at, uh, Chubb was not the one I thought you were going to bring up. I thought you were going to bring up Chris Carson.
1: That's, um, uh, that's bold, bold to the next on my list.
2: Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I think you, you're right about Chubb. I think people will scroll by him. I think, uh, obviously, we see the volume is there. He had four catches last week to seven targets. So it's not like they're taking him off when they have to throw to get back in games. And so uh, it certainly makes sense. I'm just kind of in a position where I feel like we have enough... Good uh, matchups where playing like at Baltimore doesn't need to be one that I necessarily need exposure to.
1: Yeah, I think he's an interesting GPP guy because I just I love getting super super talented guys at lower percentage than usual based on the last few weeks. I think I'll slide him into a lineup or two, and um, you know I think it's a risky play. I think there's a chance that they get behind and you know they throw the ball a ton and and the Baltimore defense kind of shuts them down pretty good. But I think there's uh, some situations there where Chubb breaks a couple. He's obviously super explosive um, in a GPP lineup. Uh, I, I like trying to uh, trying to slide him in a couple.
2: Yeah, I mean that game has players in it that we wouldn't be surprised, end up in a shootout. Yeah. Like, we're not expecting it, obviously. Um, but, you know, Beckham goes deep for a few, and then Chubb scores a few short ones, and Lamar does his Lamar things. And, Ingram, like, there are, you know, if this game had 50 points in it, like, nobody's batting an eye. I'm trying to quickly have yeah, 45 total, which, but if, like, went on over... Nobody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Browns and Ravens. I, really I,
1: right. I actually, I actually like the over in this game. I think Cleveland uh, struggles, on know, but scores enough to get that over. I think Baltimore' offense is uh, is really, really good. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean,
2: I, I like that call. I like that call. Yeah. A lot.
1: So uh, Chris Carson, uh, he's fifty seven hundred on DraftKings, still priced down uh, seven thousand on Fanduel. Uh, Rashad Penny kind of half practiced yesterday so it sounds like he's probably going to be out but we don't know that yet um, the next couple of days of practice will determine that so a chance he plays um, I like Carson a lot more if Penny does not play that go, kind of goes without saying uh, Carson, the, the problem with Carson right now is the fumbles he fumbled again last week his return for a touchdown totally changed that game got them behind New Orleans where um, it, it, you know he took it from 7-0 to 14-0 and really kind of impacted how that game ended up uh, working out so a huge fumble only played 37 snaps but they, they trailed the whole game you know Russell Wilson threw the ball 50 times which you're never going to see Carson had 15 carries has 15 carries every game so it's kind of kind of his slot Uh, but could get a nice game flow here you know they were down week one to Cincinnati they were down last week to New Orleans Um, he hasn't really had a a lot of good options where they're just going to hand the ball off to him over and over Um, the problem I have with Carson a he's talented I think he's gonna be I think he'll be really good if he plays Uh, the problem I have with Carson if he fumbles early he's gonna be benched and not see the ball again
2: yeah, I mean, we, he wasn't benched after the fumble last week. And no, he did,
1: he did come back in, but only played 37 snaps. I just, <clears> I just think four, and, or maybe by, it might be five in four weeks, or four in four weeks. I just think, I think he's finally at that level now where it might be a last straw he fumbles
2: uh, early on. I think that's entirely reasonable. Um, I mean, they're playing an absolutely horrible defense, so theoretically, if he fumbles, it's, it's going to be completely on him. <laughs> um, I guess I just don't see enough upside um, yeah, because I mean, obviously the Seahawks can can put points on the board, but they're kind of doing it like it's not like they've had really bad games. Like I think they've scored yeah twenty or 33, 28 and twenty one or so, whatever, somewhere in those ranges. Like those are multi touchdown games, and he had two in game in week one and hasn't come close in the next few weeks. And so um, it just seems like there are plenty of ways that they can score without him and. Uh, the fact that he is stuck on 15 carries and not, not that that's like some sort of hard floor that, or hard ceiling that they're sticking to, but I don't know. I just, of, of all the running backs that we've talked about, if you're like Chris Carson is the one who ended up with three touchdowns, like there's no way I'm betting on that.
1: Yeah, I'm a little higher on him than you are. I just think they get in a situation in this game where they use him a lot in the second half. I just am. I'm petrified any time that you know one play can can create a zero. And I think that uh, I think Pete Carroll's had enough with the fumbles. Um. Yeah, I I think he's a. It's a tough one. He could, he could really roll in this game in the second half. But like you said, you know, 15 carries each week. You're starting to see you know some sort of pattern there where they do go away from him. I just wonder if uh you know last week was you know Russell Wilson not ball 50 times is kind of an anomaly. It's an outlier of the way that they play. Um I see the upside with Carson but uh, I understand your point. Uh, I'm not huge on him this week but I'll probably have him at 5700 in a couple
2: lineups. Yeah, I mean they the McCaffrey obviously killed the Cardinals, but um like the the Cardinals actually haven't really been that bad against running backs. Like No, was, and like
1: we said that was that was the one big play too.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so um it's it it seems odd too because if you are playing the cardinals although the, with the way that kyler murray's been playing maybe you want the offense to stay on the field but for the number of plays that they run theoretically the easiest way to to slow them down is to keep the ball as long as possible and you keep the ball by running it and so chris carson you know the the game plan i feel like we've discussed this already and it doesn't work so maybe uh, there's more to it but um Carson seems like the the path to the Seahawks holding onto the ball and just keeping the Cardinals offense off. But you're like you said, one more fumble and it's probably over.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's finally at that that breaking point there. Kind of the uh it was, uh, I forget who it was. I was going to use an example. There's some, running, oh, St- uh, Stephen Ridley on the, on the Patriots. Had yeah. That, uh, with the, we we're like, Oh, he fumbles once more and he finally did. And Belichick was like, all right, well, you're pretty much done. That's it. So yeah. <laughs> it does happen. Although Belichick is probably a little, a little harder on that than, than Pete Carroll is. Uh, before we get down to the, uh, the obvious Wayne Gallman chalk, is there yes. anybody else in between that you like between Carson and Gallman? Uh, you've got Kerryon Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman, three names that uh, I had here. Anybody that, uh, you are playing or like uh, before we get before we get down to Goldman
2: You didn't have Philip Lindsay on your list?
1: Uh I did not just because of the the matchup and the the over He played really well last week. Looked pretty good. I still like think he splits carries a little too much with Royce Freeman for me yeah. to jump into a, a low scoring
2: game. Yep. I think that's that's right. Um like I Lindsey was on the DraftKings Millionaire Maker lineup and it was I was looking at it. We were, I think we were discussing it. I was like, he was just not on my radar at all, which is exactly what you need for, for guys. He he scored twice.
1: He, he still split carries, but scored twice. And that makes the difference.
2: Right. Right. And so, you know, when you, I mean, those are situations that you can take advantage of in terms of low ownership, that when there are these split situations, one of them can go off. It, I mean, it happens. They all, they can alternate and you can get the one, the wrong one. But um, if you're right, then there's a million dollars. But yeah, I, Josh Jacobs, um, I feel like is, I I mean, we talked about it. We think Indy can control that game pretty well. Oakland's really bad on the road. So I I don't see why Jacobs has to be uh, in consideration when, yeah, we have this obvious chalk play.
1: Yeah, the only one that I looked at a little bit was Carryon Johnson, but I mean, he's so bad. Like he did have twenty carries, like, with only yeah, thirty six yards. But you know, Ingram had three TDs. Uh, you know, against them last week, Josh Jacobs was twelve for ninety nine last week against, or two weeks ago against the Chiefs. So, um, you know, you can run the ball against the Chiefs. Uh, I think you know, I think if Detroit's smart, they they use Carryon a lot to try and keep Mahomes off the field. I just don't know if it'll work. I just uh, I just don't know if that line blocking for him right now is, is quite is quite good enough to uh, to utilize uh, Johnson.
2: Yeah. It, like, you said, like, it would be great if he had, like, one good game so far. Yeah. And we just uh, really I, haven't I,
1: one. I, I love the carries, but, uh, you know, when you get 36 yards, you know, Karen Johnson's very talented, um, but very clear he's not getting any lanes to run through right now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, if Ido Smith plays, any interest in Devontae Freeman home against Tennessee, kind of a, a good matchup, good uh, – or a good uh, game setting, I should say. You know, home, uh, Atlanta's way better in the, in the Dome. He had 19 touches last week, 95 total yards with Ido Smith out, played 90% of the snaps. Uh, you know, clearly with Ido out, uh, they used Freeman a lot more. Any interest in there or just kind of
2: blah? Uh, the way I looked at Freeman was, like, I get it. Like, I, if it, if somebody was, like, I'm playing Devontae Freeman, like, I get it. But, like, I, I'm going to pass on that one.
1: Yeah, I like the Atlanta offense this week, but I probably uh, probably go elsewhere also. So let's talk about Goldman. Uh He was obviously the the talk of the uh, you know football free agency fab this week in in season long leagues uh, with Saquon Barkley getting hurt and in, in not many places that Goldman was owned. He slides uh, right into the starting spot, and they didn't sign anybody off the street this week. I thought I thought maybe C.J. Anderson would jump in there. Um, you know, so it looks like Goleman has the job. You know, I don't know how much they'll use him as a bell cow, but uh, clearly the number one guy. He was uh, five carries for 13 yards, only on 41 snaps last week only had one target. Tampa has been pretty tough on running backs. That's who they played last week. It's been pretty tough on running backs so far this year. Um, Zeke had a 23 carries, 111 yards against the Redskins a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think the key with Goldman is, is the price. 4,600 on DraftKings, 5,800 on FanDuel. Doesn't have to do a lot to pay off. Um, how heavily are you going on Goldman this week? Is he like an automatic for you in cash? You're a better cash player than I am, so talk to me about
2: that. He, I don't want to call him automatic, but he, he's like easy to roster. I'll put it okay. that way. Um, right. it's kind of a weird week where, I mean, we, we talked about it, like the upper tier running backs aren't that great and there aren't that many of them. And so, uh, when you're already starting to pay down, like, and when you're like, Oh, I'm going to play Marlon Mack. Um, now I'm saving, you know, 2,500 from the top tier guys and Gallman allows you even more to, to spend up at other spots. But I mean, it's, it's very the, the Galman argument and I'm I can't believe you didn't bring up Paul Perkins the fact that this should have been an entire <laughs> Paul Perkins conversation but it's not
1: I was uh, I was I was uh, being nice and letting you do it
2: oh man I, I, I would have taken so much credit for bringing him up eight weeks ago um, no knowing doubt. this was going to happen but I guess not <laughs> but anyway like 4,600 for a starting running back who we expect to get most of the touches because they tend not to spread it around. Obviously, a lot of that is because it's Saquon Barkley, but like you said, they didn't sign anyone else, and so I think there's this there's a very obvious reason to use him. And uh, the 4600 on DraftKings is just makes it easier. Um, you know, Daniel Jones has been awesome in. Every single start that he's ever had for the Giants. Um, and small, small sample alert. Slightly small sample size. Um, but uh, I, th- I can't figure out if he's like, I mean, we know he's not like a running quarterback. He's a quarterback who can run. And so I don't want to be like, oh, Gallman's in the same situation as Mark Ingram is with Lamar. Um, even though uh, Jones had those two rushing touchdowns last week, but
1: I think I think the two rushing touchdowns over overshadows the fact he only had 28 yards. Yes. I, I think that that was I think he's so much more mobile than Eli that it like jumped out of out to us. That's but a good observation. I, yeah, I don't think that he. I mean, I think that he's mobile, but I don't think he's a running quarterback. Perfect.
2: Yes. Yeah. So he's mobile. He's not. Yeah. A running quarterback. Right.
1: Which is what? Which is different than they've had anything for 15 years. For
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I think um, if you are making the argument against Goldman. The argument is basically that he is not that good.
1: I, that was It's funny. That was my next question was going to be, is Wayne Goldman good was right. my
2: next actual statement. Yeah. And
1: does it matter? And that was, that was my follow up. Last year he was, he was 51 carries for 176 yards and one touchdown, but obviously, you know, that's behind Barkley. He's getting, you know, weird spots and all that. And, but I just, uh, I don't think he's very good. I don't think he's a dynamic running back at mm-hmm. all. But my question for you, especially in cash games, is does that matter if he gets 18 carries?
2: Exactly. I think he's going to be owned. Like, it's not going to be the oh, situation. he's never going to be owned. Yeah. So, like, if he has a huge game and you don't have him, you're toast. Mostly because the cheaper wide receiver or tight end or quarterback that you needed to use because you didn't pay down for Gallman— Needs to outdo the whoever, you know, Julio Jones that I get now because I have Gallman. So it's, it, you know, we talked about this in one of our um, preseason podcasts, like paying down um, in one spot is not just about that guy. It's about who you what you do with the with the money elsewhere. And so people who are playing, like I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot of people with Gallman and I'll use Julio Jones as the example, or DeAndre Hopkins or Keenan Allen or two of those guys, because yep. if you play Gallman and Mac, you can pay up a wide receiver. Um, and even in cash games, like cash games, you tend to see people pay up for running backs, which is why like McCaffrey is always owned. But like we said, like their McCaffrey doesn't have like an ideal matchup this week. Eckler might not be a, Uh, bell cow if they get up ahead and they get up ahead without him and so you have a a path to paying up in wide receivers because of Wayne Gallman Uh, and so if you're saying like would I rather play Marlon Mack and Emmanuel Sanders or Wayne Gallman and DeAndre Hopkins like all of a sudden it's like oh that's that's actually not as crazy to play Gallman Um, and throwing in the fact that in cash games, if there is a cheaper guy that goes off and you don't have him, then you tend to be dead. Uh, how uh,
1: how many points does Goldman have to score for you to be happy with it at 4,600? Like
2: 16, 15, somewhere there? Oh, I was going to say like 12. Oh, um, so not even, okay. Yeah, I don't even so, think it's that So high. you're
1: three three times and you're pretty happy with that at that cheap price.
2: Yeah, I mean, particularly because when you go in, I mean, if you, obviously any running back can have, a, any player can have a huge game. Um, right. But Goldman is going to be owned. We know that. Uh, and we know that McCaffrey is going to be owned because, um, he, he's, he's always owned and he's probably the only like true elite running back on this slate. If you want to put Eckler in there, that's fine. But like, um, so yeah, if you get 12 from Gallman and 40 from McCaffrey, like 52 for the two of them is pretty good. And so you'll take that. So you just have to think of like, who are the guys that are allowing people to pay up for because of Gallman? And you, that's what you have to take into account when you make the decision that you don't want to play him. Yeah. Um, but Chris Thompson is only 100 bucks less and playing a horrible Giants defense. Yep. And on DraftKings, at least, with a full, full PPR, he could outscore Gallman easily.
1: Yeah, I mean Thompson's been in double digits all yeah. three weeks on DraftKings. He has he had fourteen point eight DraftKings points in two of the three weeks. He's uh, just tough because you need you need the game flow to be right. The Giants defense is bad. You know he tends to be a little like last week. He racked up all his points in the fourth quarter because um, they were down to the Bears. Mm-hmm. It was funny the. Uh, the the showdown, the Monday night showdown last week, there was one guy that had a unique lineup that was winning three hundred fifty thousand dollars up until that last drive, and then Chris Thompson had two catches for a bunch of yards and he got passed. He went from three hundred fifty thousand to six hundred dollars. Hmm,
2: that's actually higher than I was expecting. I guess he was a but solo, so that's why.
1: That's I wild. I I just pray with everything I have that he's like me and didn't look at uh, results in the fourth quarter until right, right the right. end.
2: Yeah, that's to know that
1: you are ahead with the, with one drive left. And whereas, you know, if they just uh, you know, kind of run it three times and the game's over, you, you win. Or if they go Chris Thompson, uh, little dump offs and you lose, that's uh, that's hard to take. That The joys of the joys of the showdown experience.
2: Right. Right. Um, yeah. I think Gallman is a is the perfect GPP fade. Um,
1: I was going to I was going to ask you, like cash game seems pretty, uh, pretty easy to play, like you said. But I, I wonder in a GPP, uh, you know. If we think that you know twelve's good, that's not that's not going to work in a GPP. It's not what you want. Um, you know, I don't know if the chance that he, he's probably got to score twice to be like gigantic, right? Right. Yeah, which, I, which I, could happen.
2: Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the there we're expecting points in this game, right? For, what was it? Forty nine. Yeah. We said the the total yep. was, and so yep. um, the yeah, I think that ultimately, like, we're looking for safe points in cash games, and the starting running back. Against the Redskins at forty six hundred feels safe, but um, to win GPPs you need much more than that. And if you have a guy that everybody's going to, whose ceiling probably isn't that high, and like why why are you taking that in GPPs?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the answer is because you can then go, you know, two or three big receivers and kind of rack up. There's there's certainly ways to build around that, but uh, definitely more interesting to me is a cash play than a GPP play.
2: Yeah, I mean the the difference between Gallman and Devonte Freeman isn't that high. And like Freeman could e- could easily outscore Gallman, could triple Gallman for you know, like the Yeah. The situation is there. And so we it's not like Gallman is thirty two hundred and like right. there's just nobody in the range that you could that you could uh replace him with. And so I mean even Tariq Cohen can ha- can have huge games and the matchup against Minnesota, we were talking about, you know, it's one that we're probably avoiding. But um like there are guys in these range, in this range, who uh, can have big games, and so uh, that makes it a little easier to fade Gallman in GPPs.
1: Going to move towards uh, quarterback and receivers. Anybody else uh, running back wise you want to hit at before I did that?
2: Um, n- no one. That no, we don't need to. Okay. No. <laughs>
1: uh, before we get into the uh, the pass catchers and the pass throwers, a note from our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Fancy Draft is the only rake free daily fancy site in the business. It brings the Heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake free contest, the Hooters' main event with its $100,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 4. That's right, Fancy Draft is the only fancy site where you can play contests with no management fee taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited time promotional contests like other sites. As other fancy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether whether you call it rake, commission or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12 or even 16% entry fees to fancy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fancydraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE and you'll get a free 7-day trial on your first $1000 of rake-free entry fees. That's fancydraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing a fancy draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. So as we do with quarterbacks, Andrew, we start at the top. Um, I still think Patrick Mahomes is not priced up enough where, uh, you know, people will go away from me. He's 7,500 on DraftKings. He is priced up on FanDuel at 9,200. Um, I kind of equate to Russell Westbrook in basketball a couple years ago. Like everybody played him every day until DraftKings and FanDuel finally you – know, it was the triple-double MVP season. Finally put him so, so high that you're like, oh my gosh, this kills the rest of my lineup. So you kind of had to think about it. Um, I don't think Mahomes is priced up there yet. I still think at 7500, he's very very workable in lineups.
2: Yeah, I, I wrote in my article that the we've gotten to the point with Mahomes and we probably have already been at this point, but now I mean I'm recognizing it um, that there's never a thought when you look at Mahomes about whether he has a good matchup. Like you don't think about the game at all. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Like I hate like this matchup proof, but like there. Is always a clear path to Mahomes having a monster game, and he seems to always have them. And the 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 only consideration you have with him is price, and that's not the case with really anybody else. Like, I guess we talk about it with Gallman just now that like the price is what gets you to to take Gallman, but like with Mahomes or with Gallman, like you're like, well, who knows if the the matchup is really that great and the Giants? But like. Kansas City is going to put up points. Um, we both agree that Detroit is overrated for uh, being like six and a half at home. Seems like a big spread, but like the Chiefs are significantly better. And on DraftKings, uh, 7,500 is is like comically low for yeah. the scores that we've seen from Mahomes. And so um, I think there are really cheap guys to play, like to consider at least a quarterback. Um, but... And, and the middle range is kind of, I think people are going to ignore it because Mahomes is kind of close enough where if you just take one of your running backs and make it Wayne Gallman, you're like, oh, now I have Mahomes. And I know I'm getting 28, 30 points from Mahomes and I don't have to worry about it. And so um, it kind of takes, I think the guys right below him are going to be significantly lower owned. Like I, 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 I don't see that many people going after Lamar Jackson this week when you can pay 600 more on, um, on DraftKings and I guess it's 900 on FanDuel, although that's pretty comparable um, to get Mahomes who's has a a better matchup. And I think Brady's going to be under owned. I think Deshaun Watson will be under owned. And so because they're like sort of close enough to Mahomes and we have um, values elsewhere that um, I don't know. I, I just, Said, I think you nailed that with with the Westbrook comp. That there's the, every week, um, it seems like at halftime there's somebody on Twitter who's like, "Why does yep. anybody ever play somebody other than <laughs> Mahomes?" And they're right.
1: I, let's jump down to receivers. I think the hardest part with Mahomes right now is figuring out who to stack him with if you mm-hmm. do pay him, play him. And it's interesting. It's very different on the on the different sites this week. Yeah. If you look at uh, if you look at DraftKings, uh, you know Demarcus Robinson and McCall Hardman are down in the low five thousands, and Sammy Watkins is uh, sixty seven hundred. But on FanDuel, Watkins is sixty nine hundred, and Hardman and Robinson are sixty seven and sixty five hundred. So they are pretty much in the same spot right now. Um, I absolutely love Sammy Watkins on FanDuel this week at 6,900. Uh, quiet back-to-back weeks. You know, everybody's uh, everybody's really excited about Robinson and Hardman. Uh, Sammy Watkins had 21 targets the last two weeks.
2: Is that enough, though?
1: Like, yeah. So- yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's, you, he is quiet, but, like, they are still throwing the ball to him a ton, which I love to see in this offense. Hasn't scored, hasn't gone big. Um, I think Sammy Watkins gets
2: super loose this week. Uh, this week's Mike Evans? or did we already uh, give that to Devontae Adams
1: yeah unfortunately Devontae Adams was, the, was that play but uh, the game went off so we can't take any credit for that because they it already had the 180 yards yesterday but uh, I just think Watkins is a great spot especially on Fanduel, where the other guys are close to him in price and on DraftKings I think he'll be under owned because I think someone's going to play Mahomes are going to pay up for him and they're going to go down to you know Robinson and, and Hardman at the low prices I think that Watkins is going to slide through really nice percentage this week for a for a Chiefs receiver in a dome on turf Watkins is fast we talk We joked around about the Mahomes dome game. He has three straight, three touchdowns or more in seven straight road games.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) why would you why would you take anyone else? Um, the The hesitation I have on Watkins is that the the 21 targets in two weeks is great. It was only eight last week, and I think it's a result of Mahomes getting more comfortable with Robinson and Hardman. That being said. Uh, those guys tend to rely on bigger plays. Like, um, Robinson's 18.1, a dot is crazy. It's double, basically double Watkins.
1: What um, uh, do you have? Do you have Hardman's
2: in front of you? Hardman is 12.9. Uh, I would have thought he'd be higher. All right. but I did too. Um, I
1: think he's more of a catch and run guy than, than Robinson As I guess he, he had that long one last week where he was like a 15 yard pass. He just took off with it.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so obviously, um, this, this, it's not a perfect situation because Robinson and Hardman um, didn't play quite as much early on. Like, they're, it it's taken them time to, like, get involved. Um, Watkins has 20 receptions, and Hardman and Robinson have combined for 24 targets. And Yeah, so, I mean,
1: it's crazy. Look at last week. We talked about the eight targets, and you're like, oh, that's good, but not great. But, you know, Hardman had four, five, right. and DeMarcus Robinson had four. So, right. I mean, it, it was... It's still clearly Watkins is the number one guy. He just hasn't gone off the last two weeks, and I just I love a situation like that where you get someone in a great offense that's a little bit quiet the last couple weeks. You know, he had three touchdowns week one and crazy. Um, I just I, I really like Watkins this week, especially on especially on Fanduel where the other guys are priced uh, priced up. But there's no way I would play at the same price. There's no way I play those guys over Watkins. Put it that way.
2: Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, I guess the the real question is, do you think Watkins is better than Kelsey?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's really the play is that, you know, Kelsey is obviously a, a, just a target monster, um, has not scored. Uh, I think he only scored week one. Is that right? Um, so he hasn't. Uh, the touchdowns haven't been there. But I figure with those number of targets, the number of catches he has, I guess he scored week two. Sorry, he only good. has the one touchdown. But he has 88, uh, 88 yards in each game. Um, you know, a lot of targets, a lot of action. He has uh, 17 targets last week. So uh, he has uh, uh, still less than Watkins. But yep. Um, he's just such a huge off. He's just a huge guy in that offense. Red zone guy. I mean, I, uh, I think I go Watkins instead, but uh, I have no problem. If you want to stack Kelsey with, uh, with Mahomes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that in any way.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's this game sets up perfectly like for a full game stack,
1: especially, especially for my sneaky tight end price at 3,300 coming oh. back the other
2: way. Oh, I'm excited about yeah. that because I'll, we'll get to that in a, in a minute. But, uh, I mean, it seems obviously like Mahomes, Watkins Galladay,
1: um, yeah, I love I love Galladay this week. Coming off the horrible game last week too, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. it was <sighs> so bad.
1: God. And I, I think that I think that even Marvin Jones coming back is yeah. an interesting play. You know, if you want to pay down a little bit, uh, Marvin Jones is very good, very uh, kind of quietly very good. But uh, I like stacking this game too. I think that the Chiefs roll, but I think Stafford's going to have to throw the ball a lot in the second half, and um, it's going to be Jones or Galladay. You know, who knows which one's going to be? But I think one of them is going to be have a
2: really big second half. Do you think it's going to be two owned
1: this game? I mean, is the highest I, total game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to be, you know, if you want to go two owned almost every week. But uh, with the three receivers there, I think that uh, I think you can still figure it out because they they can't all be high percentage. They can't all be right. owned. So I think they kind of they kind of uh, you know like MVP voting with the uh, with two guys in the same team kind of gets separated right, right. and split <laughs> out. I think with three receivers that, you know, people can't really differentiate. You can always know that, you know, Calvin Ridley is really good, but you always know that Julio Jones is the number one guy for yeah. people if they're if they're stacking Matt Ryan. Um, I don't think you can do that right now. I think that some people go Watkins, but I think that Robinson Hardman will get their ownership enough that it kind of keeps everybody in, in a decent range. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk, uh, let's talk Lamar Jackson. You mentioned uh, him. He's the second highest quarterback right there. Uh, it's just, you know, we've seen, we saw the last couple of weeks, the rushing stuff just gives him such a good floor. You know, he didn't have to run the ball against Miami week one. He had the five touchdown passes. The thing that's interesting with Jackson, I mean 16 carries for 120 yards and eight for 46 in a touchdown in the last two weeks. So the rushing yards have really come in. It's crazy to me. I watch their games. I watch them a bunch. How many deep balls they are jacking up. So, you know, I, I think that the rushing yards give him a floor right now, but all the deep balls are throwing really jack up his ceiling. You know, Marquise Brown, has changed this offense. Um, I think we've gone away from Lamar Jackson as a great floor guy to now a great floor and a, and a high upside guy, too, kind of built into both of
2: that. Yeah, for sure. Um, we can't ignore he threw, those. He
1: threw, he threw 80 passes the last two weeks. Come on. Right,
2: right. And he completed 46 of them, though.
1: No doubt. But, like- <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's not good on the in the real NFL and watching film. But... I'm not really sure that I care about that uh, yeah. fantasy-wise if he's going to jack it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Vol- I mean volume over efficiency all day, and so yeah. Um, sure. Thank you. Hey, well, we'll call that for Wayne Gallman this week too. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, like I think because he's close enough to Mahomes, um, I don't think Jackson will be that owned this week. I think this is another game that could be stacked really easily, um, yeah. just because Cleveland has playmakers on uh, that can should be able to keep up as long as um, Baker Mayfield has enough time to, to throw, but, um, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. I just like for somebody who tends to look more for optimal, like I just don't see how you can justify Jackson over Mahomes. And maybe it's because I feel like every Ravens Browns game is just like a disgusting grinded out. AFC North I, or whatever. I just are.
1: think you have to toss. The, I think that if these teams are not anywhere, what they they're they're not there like anymore. Okay. Ago. That's yeah, fair. I just think that The path for me on Jackson is that Cleveland scores 24 points. Right. I think if Cleveland scores 24 and Lamar's got to go back and forth with them, I think the ceiling is really high this week on Jackson. But my concern is that Cleveland scores 13 and that ceiling gets dropped down pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: mean Jared Goff had two touchdowns on them last week with for, for Jared Goff in the last you know 10 games is, is a is a bounty right good, now yeah. <laughs> uh, Mariota had uh, three touchdowns on them week one so you know it's uh, and he's he's uh, you know as we know not good um I just think for me if it turns into a shootout I think is where you get Lamar Jackson over Mahomes and you know maybe Kansas City blows that game out um you know they're on the road so maybe but uh, I just think uh, I think Jackson has a little more ceiling maybe than uh, than you're giving him credit for. Uh, it's hard to argue anybody over Patrick Mahomes But uh, I think that that's the path Is if Cleveland uh, scores enough points To make this, make this a
2: shootout Okay, that's fair that's fair. Um, and
1: it, it, while we're talking about Jackson, it's interesting. Marquise Brown's an interesting case right now. You know, we always talk about uh, you know DraftKings and Fanduel prices, and DraftKings is always lower just to the way the salary cap is built. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Brown is actually more expensive on DraftKings than Fanduel. $5,800 on draftkings DraftKings—they really have priced him up. Finally, he's only fifty-seven hundred on Fanduel. Huh. I love Brown. I love Brown this week on Fanduel. I think he's uh, mistakenly priced. He's way too low on Fanduel.
2: He. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Twenty-two targets over the last two games. Yeah, it's funny. We talked
1: week one about you know he didn't play that many snaps, on that many targets. He just scored a quick. But the last two weeks, I mean, they're clearly using him extensively.
2: Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, he, didn't, he went two for nine last week. Um, yeah. So <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. But yeah, I think um, I think the because the volume is there, like you have to go, you have to go that way. He he makes like an obvious stack with um, with Jackson, and so um, yeah, that's an interesting call. I like that too. That's weird though that he's so because it's not like he is catching a lot of passes. So you would think that because he's more touchdown dependent, that FanDuel price him up. So, yeah. That's yeah.
1: A... It's not Jamison Crowder with 14 catches. Right? Right. Marquis Brown had two catches last week. right? right. had nine targets, which we like to see at 24 the last two weeks. But uh, just a weird, uh, you know, we always get a, a few weird price stuff. You know, we talked about with Marlon Mack. You know, the sites can tend to be a little bit different. Uh, so outside of Mahomes and Jackson, we've got you know, this middle tier. You've got Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Phil Rivers, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, kind of all in the, the 6,000, 6,400 range. Is there anybody that... Uh, sticks out to you as someone you want to pay down. I have a guy just right under 6,000, Matt Ryan, I really like this week. Uh, but is there anybody in this range that you're like, yeah, you know, if I if I can save 1,000 from Lamar or 1,500 from Mahomes, this is where I want to go.
2: I think the top three is Wilson, Rivers, and Goff. And I hate that I think Goff actually might be the best one in the group because he's been just awful. <laughs> like uh, Fantasy-wise, I, he's been awful. I, I,
1: I feel the same way with those weapons and going against Tampa Bay at home. I do too. I just, I don't know how many times I can let him burn me.
2: Right, right. Uh, I think I might have one more week of burn in me. So, (laughs) um, but I mean, that's usually when
1: it pays off, right?
2: I hope so. It'll be next, not, it'll be week five that uh, he finally (laughs) goes off when I don't have him. But uh, I mean, Rivers obviously playing for a gigantic favorite against Miami who gets killed by everybody. Uh, So if you can even play him with Eckler too. Because Eckler catches a number of passes, and so yep. uh, that's the the reason why people like Rivers, people like Wilson because he's playing Arizona. Uh, Arizona also lets quarterbacks do whatever they want. He's coming off of like nine thousand yards in his last two games, um, which is why Chris Carson seems like he's been worthless. So um, I just hate relying on Russell Wilson. Like I hate it because like every time I feel like all right, this is when I, this is the perfect situation for Russ. And he passes for 142 yards, and uh, they get a defensive touchdown. And, uh, you know, Chris Carson fumbles into the end zone, an offensive lineman picks it up. <laughs> and then it's just like you look at the game, Seattle scores 36 points, and Wilson yeah. has like 17 fantasy points. You're just like, how does this happen? Yeah. Um, so they, I, run
1: the, they run the ball They run the ball 48 times. Is yeah,
2: yeah, happens. yeah. They run the ball 48 times, and yet Chris Carson doesn't have a good game. Wilson <laughs> didn't run the ball either. And you're just kind of like, where, where did all this come from?
1: Uh, CJ Procise. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, So I I think just based off of the fact that you, we just, there's such inconsistency with Wilson, even though he's been great the last two weeks, that I just can't see myself choosing him over either Rivers or Goff. Um, But like you said, there are guys who are a little cheaper that Ryan, I think, really sticks out as well. Although just the way that Tennessee can mess games up, Um, at least Ryan's like at home. And so they, they just, they're a different team at home. Um, I think that makes sense, but I think there are cheaper guys that people are going to look at too.
1: Yeah, so you look at uh, – the one guy I want to talk about before we get to Matt Ryan is uh, priced 100 higher is Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're home against Seattle. I had a really good lineup last week that kind of had scored in every spot, You know, had uh, had Christian McCaffrey, had a couple of guys that w- went off early. And I was like, you know, if Murray really goes crazy here, this could be a really good week. And so I, as a result, I sat down and watched a bunch of that game. I had, I had two TVs going. I had the Niners game on one. And then I just I, – instead of going to the red zone, I just put Arizona-Seattle on the other. And I watched Murray a lot. He, it's weird. Like in the first half, I was like, "This looks really good." He was running the ball. He finally had he had 69 yard rushing. The second half was just so ugly. There was so many like three yard passes where he was just getting the ball out, and then he gets getting sacked. And then the pocket awareness wasn't great in the second half. I was uh, I was impressed this first half. I was really disappointed in the second half. I think I'm going to uh, I think I'm going to watch Murray this week and not uh, not play him. Uh, you know they have a good game script. You know they should be trailing this game against Seattle. I think I think Seattle actually puts up uh, puts puts him on it puts the, puts it on them pretty good this week. Um, he had 25, twenty five, nineteen, and nineteen DraftKings points. So like hasn't been bad, but hasn't really gone off. Um, I wonder if the pace and the number of passes forty attempts every week. Uh, it feels like it's not a real 40 to me every week. There's so many three-yard <laughs> little screens that, like, those are essentially run plays. And I get it. I, I know how they work, and I, I like their offense. I like how they do things. But I think with their offensive line and the way they throw the ball, I, I think his upside might be a little more capped than we thought it was maybe three weeks ago.
2: Yeah, the, like the receivers are more valuable than he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it, Christian Kirk last week was 10 catches for 59 yards. Like, right. That's, like, Jamison Crowder thinks that's bad.
2: <laughs> um, the weird thing about murray uh is that if you like he's never really that expensive and so it it seems like every week you go in and you're like if i could just get uh 17 out of murray i'm good and then you get 17 or whatever 19 he's at and you're just like he hasn't had that ceiling game but like if you play him every game like if you literally like if you roster murray 16 times in a season you're probably you're gonna get one huge game, right? Like you probably
1: are. I mean, he's, right. just, he's gonna break a sixty-yard run for a touchdown and have a deep ball. But I just uh, the way their offense is built right now, I think it's great for pace. It's great for attempts. I'm just not sure it's great, great for fantasy points.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, Seattle's secondary is awful. All so, yeah,
1: like I would I would have loved to play him in this matchup, but after watching last week, I just. Uh, I don't know. I think the level of explosivity from the offense as a whole maybe is a, is a little overstated at the moment. I think maybe that's figuring it out, but I think the biggest problem is the offensive line. I mean, there were a couple of plays where he probably could have had big plays. Maybe guys open deep. But he just doesn't have time for that to develop.
2: Explosivity is my new favorite word. Thank you for that. It's, it's um, probably
1: not. I'm sure it's not a word.
2: <laughs> I mean, pricing Wilson and Murray next to each other, like you're looking at that thinking, like, why would I play Murray? Right. Um, but maybe that's yes, why you I, play Murray.
1: Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Matt Ryan. I feel like Matt Ryan's been very quiet so far, but you, you look and quiet. I say quietly. He has 300 plus yards and multiple touchdowns in all three games. Yeah. Season, I was, I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't really know Atlanta was going off quite that much. And you know, obviously I follow this really closely. I was surprised to see he's been that good so far.
2: Yeah. It's um like the good games you, he has, you're just like, well, yeah, of course. Like he has Julio yeah. Jones and Calvin Ridley. Like, of course he's going to have a good game, but like, um, Yeah, like last week, 304 and three touchdowns against uh, the Colts. And I mean, completing 29 of 34 passes is kind of crazy. Uh, But he, yeah, I I think it's weird that he's he's priced there. Like Atlanta's favorite at home. He's had, I mean, he's averaging more points over this very short season than like most of the guys in front of him. Um, I mean, he's averaging 25 points per game. And not that like this is some great advanced stat here, points per game. But like Wilson and uh, Jackson and Brady, Oh, Mahomes, obviously, are like the only ones ahead of him who are averaging more. And he probably has a better matchup than all of them this week.
1: Yeah, I, I always love them in the dome. You know, I think that, yeah. uh, you know, Tennessee hasn't given up a 300-yard passer yet, but they did give up five touchdowns last couple weeks to Brissett and, and Gardner Minshew. Hardly, uh, right. hardly Fran Tarkin and Bart Starr right there. So it's, uh, <laughs> you like those names?
2: Those were probably their stats, though.
1: Probably the most two random names I can come up with that, that were still yeah. all the famers are really good. I could have gone, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young, but uh, I said I went to uh, Tarkenton. I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> dropping down a little bit, uh, you know, last week was a, a really good week to drop down with Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen. Both had four touchdowns. Both went crazy. Uh, how do you feel about Jones and Kyle Allen this week? Uh, Jones is 5,300 on DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. Kyle Allen is 5,200 and 6,800 respectively. Uh, are you planning on playing either of them
2: this week? Uh, I played Allen in cash last week. Uh, I remember.
1: I was. That was a great call.
2: 4,000 is very different than 5,200, though. Uh, yeah. And at Houston is very different than at Arizona. And so For sure. I, I don't consider—I'm not considering Kyle Allen at all. Um, Jones, you have to consider um, playing Jones and Gallman together in cash is nuts. Um, I'm just going to say that because— <laughs> If I re-listen this podcast when I have the two of them in there, then I'll remind my, it'll remind myself to um, to not do that. But I'm I'm impressed
1: you're going back to re-listen to the podcast.
2: Uh, I said if I, I, I would I
1: yeah. would have thought an hour and fifteen minutes of hearing my voice was plenty for you.
2: <laughs> um, but I think if you're going to consider Daniel Jones, you have to consider Case Keenum. And when you're considering I Case don't, Keenum, uh, I don't disagree. And, and I've gotten to the point where if I'm considering Case Keenum, I'm going to not play Keenum and anybody that I am considering with him. <laughs> but, I mean, he's so got— So,
1: Case Keenum has multiple touchdowns in every game. Yes. He has 300-plus yards in two of those three. Yes. The Giants have allowed 380-plus yards in two of the three games, 380-plus yep. uh, pass, passing yards. Uh, Case Keenum's bad. He was horrible last week, mm-hmm. but that's real football. He had the five turnovers himself, two fumbles and three picks. Um, he was horrible, but that is the Bears' defense. This he is the benched. Giants' defense. Uh, 4,900 in DraftKings. Uh, I can fully get behind. If you wanted to punt, uh, I'd go
2: Keenum over Jones this Ooh. week, to believe it or not. Yeah. Do you have no consideration that he might get benched?
1: Uh, I have a small consideration he might get benched, but if he didn't get benched last week, um, I don't think he's. they're quite ready for Haskins. I think they want to bring—I think they know that this year's done. I don't think they want to rush Haskins. I think, like, week 10, we see Haskins for the rest of the way, probably. Okay.
2: The, the counter to that I heard is that why throw Haskins in mid-game against the Bears when it's already right. over?
1: Right. And apparently like the, the second team splits, the second team quarterback are, are split between yeah. Haskins and someone else. I forget. It was like, I want to say Brady Quinn, but I know he's an announcer. It was someone like that. Colt McCoy. Still oh, there you go. Right. This yeah. same, same person. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Look, good looking quarterback that uh, I remember from college, but, right, right. um, perfect
2: Texas name. Colt McCoy.
1: Yeah. Like Colt McCoy in there is, it is that, I mean, Colt McCoy is like the, the downside of case Keenum without the upside. So I just don't <laughs> see that one at all. Um, I, I Keenum has a ton of risk. You're, I mean, he could get benched. You're right. If he has, it has another three turnover first half, they'll probably go to McCoy and you know save Haskins. But um, I just think the, the upside with Keenum at that price is very real, which you don't get very often. The quarterback at that price, I mean, 320 yards and three touchdowns would not be crazy this week. And when he has Terry McLaurin, who is freaking awesome catching the ball, um, you know, it's possible. I I don't know if I'm gonna go with it, but uh, I prefer it over Jones and Allen myself.
2: You could game stack this game too.
1: Uh, you—I mean, you fully could. I mean, it's a, 49 and a half yeah. over under. You could go. You and go. Everything's Keenum, so cheap. Keenum, Keenum McLaurin, Gallman—all, uh, all pretty cheap is—is uh, is, is a really good start. You could, you could jack up the rest of your roster.
2: But even if you flipped it, I mean, all, the Giants' pieces are all cheap too. Like, it's not yeah. like Keenum saving you that much from Jones. You could play Jones, uh, Shepard, Ingram, Yeah, um, really McLaurin, nice. Thompson. Like, it's there's a lot of guys that you can play in this game, and, um. I, I wonder if the prices almost make people not want to stack because you're just like, when you actually look at the pieces, you're just like, oh, I'm not sure I can really win this, that much money with these guys. But like, or it's going to be and, so owned because it's easy.
1: And my big concern is that you flip this game on at halftime and it's nine, does Isn't it just have that feel like two bad teams? You're like, oh, they got to score points. Maybe I just, uh, I I'm surprised you even gave bad. them a touchdown. Yeah, I think well, defensive score. Oh, there you I go. I think the yeah, I think the defenses are so bad that we will get a lot of points. But yeah. it, it's it's one of those plays that like. Could go crazy, but, it's, it, but it's, it comes with a lot more risk than saying like a Kansas City stack. Obviously, uh, it's it's but one of those stacks that you could like see that you're looking at the Millionaire Maker standings at the end of the day. You're like, oh, you know that makes that makes sense to stack this game. Uh, I definitely don't hate it. I will probably have a couple of GPP entries where I play uh, multiple guys in this game.
2: Yeah, I mean we I mean we saw it last week with the Giants and uh, and the Bucks. Like that was a perfect game stack. Like and and with the Giants guys like Jones, Shepard, Ingram, Mike Evans, like that worked yep. and so um i mean dave jones had 40 points on DraftKings yeah, last week yeah, yeah yeah i mean two rushing touchdowns probably doesn't happen all yeah. that often but it ain't
1: gonna happen and that that boosted it but you take those out and he still is in, in the high 20s low 30s yeah. that's just still a really good game
2: and when you look at like the pay down options um like looking on DraftKings, you're definitely playing jones or keenum over cousins trubisky Mariota. Kyle Allen, like, Derek Carr, percent I mean, Right, it's not even yeah, close.
1: The, the upside matchup is, I mean, there's so much difference. I mean, the Redskins have given up, the Redskins have yet to give up less than three ta- passing touchdowns in a game yet this year. That's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> three three each week. Like, they are getting roasted on defense. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, I, I could play Jones or Keenum and be happy with it. I, I probably would take Keenum over Jones just because I you know, saved the 400 bucks and I like the upside a little more, but I wouldn't argue, I wouldn't argue if you want to play Jones, uh, you know, with, with uh, Shepard
2: or Ingram at all. Yeah, like I don't, I don't want to use just like fantasy points allowed to positions like it's some great stat, but if you just go to the on Rotowire, like we have a DraftKings points allowed to wide receivers this season. Number one, the Giants. Number two, the Redskins.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't like love that stat either when you get some outliers and you, you get guys at the top every week, uh, it, it becomes very real. Right.
2: I use that one more for quarterback uh, consideration just because it takes the rushing stats out. Um, but, like, this is just to be such a gross game. You're right. It's going to be 9-7.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope not. But, it, you know, it has that potential to turn on halftime and realize that you've made a big mistake.
2: What? Do, where, do, where do you put Stafford versus these those guys?
1: Um, I, I prefer both those guys to Stafford.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: I, I think the, the game script works out well for Stafford. I just don't love Stafford. I don't love that offense. I think I'd rather play... I'd rather play Galladay or Marvin Jones and try to hit it that way than I would Stafford over either of these guys. Okay. I get it. Um, let's jump into wide receivers. Kind of gone a little bit long here, but uh, at the top of wide receivers, you mentioned uh, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. We were talking about Gallman and kind of uh, going to a big receiver. We mentioned Julio Jones. We were talking about Matt Ryan. Julio scored in seven straight games. The whole uh, Julio Jones doesn't score touchdowns thing has gone out the window pretty quick. The uh, thing I like about Hopkins, uh, you know, with with stud-wide receivers, quiet back-to-back weeks. He's 5 for 40 and 6 for 67 the last two weeks. Hmm. Uh, Carolina has been pretty good against the pass. Uh, Chris Godwin did have a big game against them uh, week two. Um, I just tend to love kind of the star big-time receivers off bad games. I think you get a, lot, a little squeaky wheel in practice. I think you, DeAndre Hopkins has probably uh, mentioned his bad stat lines in practice a couple times this week, and they they will know about that. Um, if I had to go with someone in this range, uh, I like Hopkins a lot. I also like Odell Beckham a lot this week. Really? Ew.
2: Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I think there's a clear top three and, it, and it, they happen to be the three most expensive on, on DraftKings, yep. like Jones, Hopkins, and Keenan Allen. Um, why do you like Beckham this week?
1: Uh, I like Beckham this week. Got nine targets every game, so they're really going to him a lot. And I love that a guy that explosive is getting getting targets. He's only six fifty six last week. I think the game script is gonna be pretty good. I think Baltimore is gonna put up points, points, points. And I think Baker's gonna have to throw the ball the entire second half. Uh, they gave up two touchdowns to McCall Hartman and Demarcus Robinson last week. They gave up 100 plus yards to Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald the week before. So I think that uh, if you're going to attack Baltimore, it's through the air. It's through really, with really good receivers. Uh, I just think that Beckham's gonna be low owned this week. I don't think anybody's gonna take him over Jones. Hopkins or Allen, and people will gravitate towards those three guys. Um, you give me someone that talented, that many targets in a game that is a really good what I think is gonna be a really good game script for a receiver, uh, I love who getting him in low percentage price this week.
2: Well, that's a pretty good argument. Thank you. <laughs>
1: every, every once in a while it happens. Every once in a while it happens. Um, I just yeah, uh, I, I I love I love getting Beckham in the game where they're gonna- I think you have to throw the ball the whole second half. I think Baltimore's gonna score a lot.
2: Yeah. No, I I could definitely see it. I mean, obviously it just depends on whether uh Mayfield has enough time to throw because although Cer- Beckham certainly true. Beckham can take something short and go pretty long with it. Yeah. With his speed. Those so. those
1: other the top three guys are certainly safer this week. And you know, I mean Keenan Allen we he kind of goes untalked about a lot. He has forty two targets. I think he le- he leads wide receivers in targets, yards, and catches. That, that that's yeah. a pretty good uh, pretty good crown right there. <laughs> that's
2: usually what you want.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, is there uh, a concern that they can score enough without him uh, and then hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think that
1: he he could he could have 130 yards and a touchdown or two in the first half, and then all of a sudden that you, who cares? Um, if I'm going to go uh, wide receiver in this game, though, I'm going to drop down and, and play Mike Williams instead. Really? Yep. Wow. 4,800 on DraftKings, his lowest DraftKings price yet. Uh, played full 70 snaps last week. Uh, there was a little bit concern about uh, about that injury, but you know, only seven targets, but he's 345. I just think he's the explosive bleak, big play guy they're going to get in the first half. Um, if I'm going to play a, a Chargers receiver, uh, I'm going to save the money and, uh, and hope that uh, Williams in the first half is better than – or as good as Allen in the first right, half because right. I think that the second half could going to not be much. I'd rather pay down for that and pay up for one of these other guys and uh, to get that piece of the uh, – the I keep calling him San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> offense.
2: Um, do you consider Julio Jones number one?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Julio is the best receiver in football. I'd probably go Hopkins this week off the two quiet weeks, but uh, I wouldn't argue either way. And if I'm playing in a team, and I'm playing Matt Ryan, I'm certainly stacking Julio in that game. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I have. I think Julio is the best receiver in football. I have no problem ever playing him, especially in the dome. Okay. Okay.
2: I like it. Um, this next tier has like a bunch of guys. It's, I mean, I'm gonna. I'll put Watkins at the top of it because you mentioned him earlier. But um, we've got right. some obvious cash game guys like Cooper Cup, who's been really good. Um, he's now more expensive than than Cooks and Woods, which was only a matter of time on DraftKings just because of the um, the catches. Is it a Tyler Lockett week?
1: Crazy. So first of all, on Cup, you said that, but he's, actually, he's the cheapest of the three on FanDuel, believe it or not. Well, yeah, um, it's,
2: a, it's all the catches it's just, and no touchdowns, although he had uh, yeah, but two last week. But.
1: I think Cooper Cup is just really good. He just gets yeah. open. Um, Lockett's interesting. Like everybody freaked out week one. He had the two targets. He has 26 targets yeah. the last two weeks. <laughs> I think he's fully game flow. I think Tyler Lockett's really good. I just worry a little bit that Seattle runs the ball a ton in this yeah. game, especially in the second half. Um, Yeah. I, I like Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's really good. Can go off anytime. I just think I'm probably, uh, I'm probably going Sammy Watkins instead this week at, at pretty much uh, the same price.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that makes sense. Like I, as much as I hate to rely on Russell Wilson, Lockett is ten times more that, um, so I tend to stay away from him. Uh, we mentioned Galladay, kind of mentioned Shepard as we move down the list. Um, uh, Marquise Brown is is sort of in this range as well on DraftKings, but the one guy that's a little above them uh, is Josh Gordon. And with Edelman banged up, obviously Antonio Brown isn't there anymore. Is the New England pass catching situation worse or better than the running back situation in terms of figuring out who to get
1: uh, or do you just ignore but, it because be- better but barely right yeah <laughs> uh, I mean you look at Gordon he has 73 and 83 yards in the two games Antonio Brown did not play so that's uh, that's good he had 11 targets last week which yeah. is you know it's also really good uh, yeah I have no problem uh, I have no problem playing I just don't really love this game I yeah. like the Buffalo defense is pretty darn good if I were to play a receiver in this game, I think it would be um, it would be Josh Gordon for what is that a thousand cheaper on DraftKings than than six hundred cheaper than DraftKings on Edel, than Edelman and with Edelman a little bit banged up Edelman was really good against Buffalo last last year and they have trouble guarding guys in the slot that was the uh, the Jamison Crowder 14 catch game was it was against Buffalo um, yeah I I probably go Gordon if I had to go but I just I think I like Galladay I like Sterling Shepard I like uh, other guys a little more in the range yeah uh, that, that going against the Buffalo defense.
2: Yeah, I see that. Um,
1: and by the way, I am off New England running backs again forever. I just—Sony uh, <laughs> Michelle scores in the first quarter and doesn't, like, touch the ball again. It's just—it's so
2: maddening. Right. It's weird to see, like, an eight points with a touchdown uh, in the NFL often for a guy who's a starter. But... And he
1: scored in, like, the first five minutes of the game. I was yep. I was like—I had him on one of my teams. I'm like, oh, here we go. This can yeah. be good. He's going to really roll 21 carries the week before and just disappeared. No, it's a Rex Burkhead game, of course. Yeah.
2: It's... Um, I think the problem with— pretty much all of these guys in this range, and they all have plenty of GPP upside. Like, nobody's surprised if Galladay has three touchdowns or whatever. But um, it seems like for cash games or people looking for floor, like, the group below this it seems so much better. Like, um, Larry Fitzgerald at 5,600. Like, Christian Kirk is 500 less. Um, I think you can flip a coin each week or just take the cheaper one each week. It doesn't really matter. Like, they're going to throw so much... Um, Fitzgerald presumably has more uh, red zone you know he's more of the target in the red zone but they have to get there and 10 catches is more valuable than one touchdown and so that's what we get with Kirk and then um it just seems like we've got some cheaper guys that uh at least me as a cash game player was was more drawn to and the one guy from a game that it, we dismissed earlier um that I think might be worth consideration is Emmanuel Sanders
1: He's been he's been really, really good. He's been quietly really uh one of the better receivers in football. So what is he? Forty nine hundred on DraftKings, yeah. uh, a ton of targets. He had twenty targets first weeks. He was quiet last week in Green week, Bay. Yeah. Uh four targets, two receptions. But uh yeah, I think that uh I think I could see that. I just think that uh you go down four hundred bucks and you see Terry McLaurin at
2: forty one hundred, oh, yeah.
1: who is just horribly mispriced.
2: Yeah, that's uh um the only reason I didn't mention McLaurin is because I happen to have both of them. And so that's why they, they were both. Yeah. He wasn't on my li- on but the the available list.
1: Fando priced him up to six thousand three hundred. Yeah. At least forty five hundred on DraftKings just makes no sense. I mean, he has. He has at least seven targets in each game. I mean, he fully passes the eye test. You watch the guy play, he's just really good. He scored each week. He had at least 60 yards each week. Uh, Mike Evans went absolutely nuts on the secondary last week. You know, Cooper, uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup went nuts week one. Uh, You know, hell, Cole Beasley and John Brown had 155 yards against these guys week (laughs) two. I mean, obviously those guys aren't great. John Brown's pretty good, but... 4500 I just like what happens where he doesn't get priced up at least in like 55 to 5800 range. It's just it's a complete mistake and I just think he's going to be crazy high percentage.
2: Yeah, it's it's a very weird price and I mean Paul Richardson's 3700 and while he's had two uh back to back good games like the, I feel like the gap between them should be much bigger than 800 bucks on DraftKings. And so um we were talking earlier about stacking this game like you could get both of them uh, for the price of Deandre Hopkins pretty much. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I think McLaurin is way underpriced, uh, based on just that whole game situation. And so, um, I think he'll be popular in cash games. He's dealing with a hamstring injury that, um, we take this Friday morning. So he hasn't practiced Friday, but, uh, it came up on, he was limited Thursday. So if he doesn't play, um, does that boost Richardson to you? Or is this now like, maybe I'll just stay away from Washington.
1: Uh, I'd probably just go to, I'd probably go to Mike Williams at 4,800, uh, with an easy
2: swap. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I think if you're, uh, if you want to get tricky GPP, uh, you know, game theory kind of stuff, I think going Williams over McLaurin is uh, super interesting too.
2: Mm hmm. Okay. I like Although that. I,
1: I will, I will certainly have McLaurin in, in some GPPs. I think that he's just really, really good. And I'm, I'm willing to eat the, eat the chalk as they say a little bit on that one. I think that, uh, I think it's just a misprice and you get a misprice. I think you just play it.
2: Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Um, Also in this range, uh, I talked about how hesitant I always am about Tyler Lockett, but I'm perfectly fine with DK Metcalf at 4,800 in this game.
1: I think that he hasn't been priced up enough yet, too. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Uh, I don't know why they haven't uh, moved him up a little bit more. And you know, it makes the game better when they do move him up. I mean, he's Metcalf is sixty-one hundred on Fanduel, so they've done that a little bit there. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, I have no problem with that either. If you want to save some money from Lockett, uh, I have no problem with Metcalf. He's looked. He's looked really good so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, if there's a an issue with Metcalf, it's that he's actually not even catching that many passes. Like, um, yeah.
1: But at least they're throwing it to him, but and they're throwing they it, throw it to him, him right. it's, it's big, explosive plays, and you're gonna, get, you're gonna get a big chunk points from them when you do get them.
2: Yeah, he is. Uh, I believe I just counted eighth in the league in air yards. Yeah. Um So they're, I mean, they're obviously throwing to him. Seventeen point nine a dot, which is fantastic. Uh, we know Russ can throw deep, and so if one or two of those connect in a game, that should have a ton of points, or at least a ton of of uh, snaps. Um, I don't see why. You play locket over Metcalf. Um, playing both is perfectly fine, I guess, in a G- in a stack for that.
1: Really quickly, two cheap guys uh, that I do think are interesting. Preston Williams in Miami is 3,900 on DraftKings, 5,200 on FanDuel. Uh, nice game script of them having to come behind uh, most likely against the Chargers. He had 12 targets last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, With the Josh Rosen, I think he has more upside. I don't think Rosen's good, but I think they're going to throw deeper with Rosen. Uh, so I think they'll be more aggressive. They're going to have to throw the ball the whole second half. He had four catches for 68 yards last week. I like him. Uh, if you want to save some money and maybe go a little bit different than people. Also uh Trey Quinn 3000 on DraftKings, really good game flow. We talked about this, uh Redskins giants game, uh, probably too much, but um, his targets have been six, seven and seven the last three weeks. He has not hit 40 yards yet. So you're not going to get yards. Uh, you probably need to get a touchdown for it to work uh, really in a GPP, but um, you know, I think as a as a points per reception play at, at three thousand, if he's going to get six seven targets every week and they're all short ones, he's catching most of them. Um, I think he's a, a decent floor play for a, for a punt, a full punt price.
2: Um, that is really cheap. Uh, on the on the Preston Williams uh, note, the there was a video that went around Twitter that I saw that was some sort of Josh Rosen apologist account, but. The number of so so many drop passes. Disgusting drop passes that like if those connect
1: so bad.
2: Oh. Um I mean we have Devontae Parker leads the NFL. Or I'm sorry, he did. He's no he's now fourth. So he's fourth in the NFL with four hundred and twenty nine air yards, and he has caught six passes this year. <laughs> six for one hundred thirty one. And,
1: and and a couple of those were like Easy drops. Yeah. Too. We're not talking like contested where you got your hands on it, like easy, like he, Rosen dropped it in the bucket and still dropped
2: it. Right. Like I also don't think Rosen is good. Uh, but if those those uh drops are catches, uh, I think the this conversation is very different. And yeah. I don't think uh a slight Miami stack is crazy for people who like to go a little crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the, the the flow should work. I mean, you got to think the Chargers are going to score. I think the Chargers' defense, is, especially the secondary, is pretty good, so that might be a little tough. But uh, when you throw the ball the whole second half, you, you're going to find spots. And I, like I said, I don't think Rosen's good, but I actually thought he played pretty well last week, considering he, right. his line did not look good. I think he's like 5.1 YPA. So it, he wasn't great, but the number of drop passes were, I mean, that would have significantly altered his numbers.
2: Yeah, going 18 for 39, uh, you can't blame that completely on drops. But, right. I mean, if you can get Parker and Williams for uh, $8,000 combined, um, which I don't think is crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but I think it's acceptably crazy.
1: Yeah, and I think that the, the key with Rosen is they were throwing the ball deep. So they, they may yeah. not look good in a real football stat line, but we just care about uh, if you get a couple of big plays in there, you can you can significantly alter your,
2: your lineup. Exactly. Like, that's, that's why people uh, focus on a dot and air yards so much like long touchdowns are so valuable, uh, for GPPs and Rosen is throwing deep. So it yep. just takes one day for those to pay off.
1: Uh, let's jump into uh, tight ends, uh, to, to finish off here. Uh, but first a note from our sponsor side boss. Hey, football fans week four, of the NFL season is here and lucky for you side boss has you covered. If you miss entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join not too late to join Week 4 and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em work Contest, where players choose five games against the spread every week, Sideboss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Side boss weekly or daily free-to-play games, get all the picks correct, and boom, you win cash and entry into Sideboss one hundred fifty thousand dollars private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contests.sideboss.com. Use a promo code Rotowire. So tight ends, uh, you know, obviously at the top, we uh, we always talk about Travis Kelsey. Double digits on DraftKings in eighteen straight games. We believe that.
2: That's nuts for a tight end.
1: Yeah, 88 yards in all three games this year, 7,200 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel, obviously. He is priced up above everybody else, 1,500 more than the next guy, who's Evan Ingram, who I assume you like, because Evan Ingram is your boy.
2: Yeah, I, my boy so much that I have yet to roster him, and I don't think I'm going to roster him this week.
1: Just uh, just out of spite, you're not going to roster him again?
2: I don't know. It, it just seems like every week, um, it's more like, all right, if I'm going to pay up a tight end, then uh, I end up with Kelsey, and not that like Kelsey's been bad. Uh, the— one thing about Ingram uh, from last week, like he, he had another huge game last week, um, six catches on eight targets for 113, but one of them was like, it was a 75 yard touchdown. So like overall, it wasn't like a great game. He, he obviously has the speed to break those long plays, but um, it's not like it was a, a buildup of all these short passes. And then finally he was right. like paid off. So a lot of that came in one play, but again, he's a player who can do that. Um,
1: and does have 30 targets his first three
2: games. It's wild. Yeah, uh, and that's with like two quarterbacks. Like it's not like it's the same quarterback who's throwing to them all the time, and they just don't have pass catchers. Like it's Ingram and it's Shepard, and that's it. And now they don't even have Barkley, who who I think was leading them in target or led them in targets last year. And I was just so, saying,
1: yeah. Do you, I mean, do you? I, you got to think that no Barkley makes Ingram much more interesting.
2: You 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 have to think. I mean, yeah. I I don't think I think there's plenty of positives with Ingram, and to fade him is only because you're either paying down or you think. Uh, Kelsey outdoes him. and I, I mean, I feel like we completely just scoffed at the idea of playing Darren Waller last week and my God, you like what know, he a game. Only, he only
1: had, he only had 13 catches. Only
2: 13 catches for 134. I mean, he didn't score. I mean, if you're going to do that, at least score a touchdown, but, um, yeah. I, I feel like every week we're going to be like, you know, Oakland is not that good. Carr's not that good, but he's throwing to Waller so much. You think they're going to have to throw in this game because they're going to be behind? Um, Is this like going to be the recipe like every week with Waller that we just like he's going to get the catches because they're going to be throwing and who's who else is he throwing to?
1: Yeah, I mean you got to consider him pretty much a wide receiver. It's him and Tyrell Williams, and then just uh, not nothing else like JJ Nelson, Kendall Doss, the the star of Hard Knocks. Um, I, there's just not a lot there, and you know Waller is a uh, is athletic enough where he can essentially play wide receiver. Yeah. so he's a, he's a really athletic tight end. Um, nice game, script for the passing game. I think Indy controls this game. Um, yeah, I don't love Derek Carr either, but he likes to get rid of the ball so quickly that a tight end is a really good outlet for him. So it, it works out pretty well, fits well. There's a reason that I didn't like Antonio Brown in his offense, because I just thought that, um, you know, Carr wouldn't be able to wait long enough to get him open deep. Obviously, we never saw if that was true or not, but um, 26 catches
2: yeah. on 29 targets for Waller. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> when,
1: when your quarterback wants to get rid of the ball in 1.6 seconds. Uh, right know a quick athletic tight end and get open quick for you know six eight yard ten yard catches is good and and waller's athletic enough that he can turn that into longer yards he can also get downfield too they do throw the ball to him uh downfield too so it's it's a really good mix he's priced uh he's finally priced up a little bit he's 5200 on drafting 67 on FanDuel. so you don't get the you know not in the 3000s anymore so that uh it makes it a little bit different
2: yeah he's a league leader in tight end receptions and only Ertz, who has an extra game and ingram have more targets
1: yeah, I mean it's uh it's pretty wild how uh, how quickly he's joined kind of that uh, that top five group.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I what, think... about, what about what okay, oh, right,
2: Go ahead. No, no, because I'm skipping all the way down.
1: Oh, I was gonna go one uh, before I went all the way down. Uh, how do you feel about Mark Andrews this week off the off the really quiet game last week? He only had 15 yards, still had seven targets though.
2: I I don't see how I take him over Waller or Ingram. Okay. Uh, that's kind of and so I think he'll be lower owned because I think a lot of people will think that. Um, Especially coming in questionable, even though he's probably fine. So, um, that's that's how I look. I think there are better guys that are in that are close enough in price that uh, I'm, I'm not sure I need uh, I need Andrews.
1: Okay. Well, let's drop down. I have uh, four thousand and under. I have two guys bolded, and uh, neither of them is the guy that you're going to talk about.
2: Thank God, because I think the guy I'm going to talk about is going to be the biggest trap of the entire weekend, <laughs> and so I would like somebody else to play.
1: Oh, well, you go ahead. No, why don't you tell me about Will Disley though?
2: Okay, so uh, Will Disley is the uh, Seahawks starting tight end. He's 3,600. They have basically no other tight ends. Um, he has 11 catches for 112 yards in the last two games. And you're thinking, why do I like this guy? He has three touchdowns and he's playing the Cardinals. And, like, and he's 3,600 on DraftKings, And that's it. Um, you're relying on... Russell Wilson to continue to throw in the end zone to Disley, who has 12 targets over these two games. So it's not even like he's a high-volume guy. And the matchup at Arizona, who is horrible. I mean, we I feel like at every position, we talk about how bad Arizona is. Um, nobody has given up more points to tight ends by, like, a ridiculous margin. We saw the huge game from... TJ Hawkinson, a huge game from uh, Andrews and a huge game from Greg Olson against um, Arizona. And so everyone's like, well it's Disley's turn and he's cheap. so lock him in and it's I mean this guy we, we've I, I need somebody else. He's not this good and I'm if I almost feel like you should just they should just price 3,600 and just write like tight end against Arizona. And that should be it because that's the only real thing that people have to take this guy.
1: And you mentioned the three guys that went off. I mean, those are all three guys that are pretty focal points in their offense. Yeah. I mean, the, Hawkinson, maybe not, maybe not yet. You know, hasn't been good since then, but, awful, actually. <laughs> um, just is just, I just think he's kind of just a guy. I think you have to get a touchdown for this to work. There's not going to be, I don't think there's going to be a eight catches for 90 yards, which, you know, works really well without the touch. I think you have to get a touchdown. And I just tend to not guys like that. And there's, there's two guys I like more in the range.
2: All right, who we got? So I don't have to pay 3600 for four points from Disley.
1: You want the more expensive one or the cheaper one first?
2: Well, they're both pretty cheap, so it doesn't. I'll take the more expensive one.
1: Uh, the most expensive one is DraftKings is $4,000, uh, and it relies on T.Y. Hilton not playing, but it's Eric Ebron. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh,. I think that uh, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, I think this is a really nice play. I think that they're going to uh, control the game. I think it's going to be a lot of short passing, a lot of running with Marlon Mack. Uh, Ingram had uh, three catches, 47 yards last, or uh, sorry, Ebron had uh, three for 47 last week. Irv uh, Smith had 60 yards against the against the Raiders last week. I don't even really know who that is. except for the <laughs> fact that he, uh, I remember him in college a little bit, but you know, not a guy that we we're anybody's looking to play last week. Uh, Kelsey had a big game against them. I just don't, I don't, I don't. The Raiders don't scare me at all. Yeah, uh, you know, it's tough because I do like Galladay and Marvin Jones. Would so have to be a lineup. But I don't play those guys, but I think Ebron at 4,000. I, I don't think anybody will go to him. I think everybody will go to Disley or Austin Hooper uh, or Mark Andrews instead. I think very mm-hmm. underowned. And if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play i think he becomes the red zone uh, receiving guy that
2: uh, the percent looks to i i don't know why maybe i cash something bigger with ebron but like i tend to have a soft soft spot for him like there i'm always like oh ebron's pretty cheap and i'm like oh wait yeah he's appropriately cheap so yeah. um so you won't hear a, a an argument against him because i always think he's okay uh
1: i think he uh outpoints will disley and i would uh if i could prop that i would okay okay my other guy is uh, someone we mentioned who has been, uh, your word, horrible lately is TJ Hawkinson. Mm. Uh, two catches for eight yards last two weeks. Uh, I watched that game last week a lot against Philly. I like watching the Eagles, so I kind of had that as one of the main games I have on on the, one of the screens. Hawkinson almost had, I think it was three touchdowns in that game. One was called back at a holding penalty, and he was targeted on a couple others where the ball just kind of jumped out of his hand. Um, I love Jumped out like, of his hand. What
2: a great it phrase. Did.
1: <laughs> it did. I love guys who like almost score and are very involved in the red zone but don't he he only had four targets but I think three of them were in the red zone last week. Um, I just think that this KC game they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to score. It's a really nice game script for any kind of pass catcher and I just think at 3,300 on DraftKings the upside is significant for a tight end at 3,300. I would take him over Will Disley any day. Um, I get that he's been bad but he showed the explosiveness week one. He had all the air yards and they obviously like him. They use him a lot. Um, I just think the game script works. I think the price is the the most important thing with Hawkinson I just I think he's better than Disley as a player and I think he's a better situation this week I think he's a better game script this week and a little bit cheaper I think he's just a better player and I think he scores this week and and smokes Disley
2: I think there's the the, the list of guys who are actually better than Disley is not short so like <laughs> true um I had Hawkinson was it last week no two weeks ago in cash and he was a disaster. But, like, the number of times I, uh, the, uh, rotowire Discord, uh, chat is like very active on Sundays, like people talking about plays and all this stuff. And, like, the number of times people are like, Hawkinson, oh, wait, he's coming back. Hawkinson, oh, wait, no, that is a flag. <laughs> oh, he just, Hawkinson just dropped a, a long one. And I'm just sitting there, like, doing my best not to, like, watch the Lions game. Um, right. but it was like all these, like, oh my gosh, almost. And so, I mean, Kansas City, um, defense isn't anything that we need to fear. And so I, um, I like it I just uh the nice thing about fading disley uh, at least in cash games is that you don't have to worry about some monster game
1: right yeah like if he scores twice maybe you're in trouble but' it's, it's, you're not you're not gonna get a 6 120 game out of disley
2: right and so like if you like I'm trying to say yeah 22 points I mean 22 points is not nothing for a tight end um, oh yeah, I
1: mean that would be a at his price that'd be a big game but exactly I, think, I mean
2: but like, I, uh, you know, you're
1: you're not, I think the floor is a problem with Disley, too. I think that, uh, you know, he could go 335 with no touchdowns and you're not you're not surprised at all.
2: Right. Right. You're getting what you paid for. And so yeah. it is a little odd that they haven't priced him up because he has these touchdowns. But um, well, he's
1: he's Will Disley.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so I think people I will have like, him. I
1: don't like playing guys like that off good games. I yeah. just, uh, Too good I'd rather games. play a better player off a bad game and uh, maybe I'm weird that way, but I just, uh, I don't know. Not for me.
2: Um, I mean, he I has hope, more, I hope he's like 60% owned. He has more touchdowns than Travis Kelsey. Three uh, times the touchdowns.
1: True. Do you think that'll be the case at the end of the year? Uh,
2: I don't care about the end of the year.
1: I care about this week. Do you think that'll be the case this week?
2: No. No. Yeah. I think that the, the positive with Disley uh, with fading Disley in certainly in cash games, is that a monster Disley game uh, is so much lower than a monster Wayne Gallman game, and obviously their prices are not quite the same. But Gallman plays a a position where there are more points, and so right. if you're looking at that as thing, like I can get I can get away without a big Disley game because again, a big Disley game is like 20 points, and I'm not saying Gallman's gonna just put up a 40 burger here, but like it's he. He has the opportunities there, whereas Disley is very dependent on a lot of things happening and falling in place perfectly to have like a Gallman regu- you know, moderate game for his price. And so, when you're looking at like low price players of like, do I need this player in cash games? Just think like if he has a huge game, am I dead? And a huge game from Disley is is lower than a huge game from Gallman or or other low price guys. And so, Disley is going to be a little easier to to fade
1: fully agree there uh lastly got really quick we've gone a little bit long here on defense uh is there anybody you love on defense as kind of an off-the-wall uh play denver know,
2: that's it's my favorite on dk2 um yeah, yeah 2900
1: uh, you know how many sacks you know how many sacks denver has this year as a team
2: is it still zero it's still zero. <laughs> oh god uh they should really hire like a defensive head coach to get that problems oh wait that's right um yeah yeah, it's, it's uh, weird. I
1: think that changes. I think they're probably so damn tired of hearing about that this week that uh, Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, uh, I think, will be in the backfield uh,
2: extensively. Yeah, and and you're we're relying on Gardner Minshew to have like another solid game, like in Denver. So, like I think people kind of underestimate the altitude. Like there there is a difference. They took advantage of it for years, and the team's just not as good anymore. But um, I think there's there's something there, and like. Twenty nine hundred. You are obviously not getting the same thing as like the Chargers against Miami, um, or uh, I, I'm, I was actually surprised to see Jacksonville so expensive uh, playing at Denver, even though like Flacco's not that good. But to you, you need like a lot of turnovers for thirty seven hundred to pay off for an away team playing. Um, are they? They're not even favored, right? I mean, I can't imagine they're favored. So I don't know. That's a weird uh, price. I, feel I think like Denver's
1: favored by two and a half. Right. Uh, I Jacksonville had Jacksonville had nine sacks last week on right. Thursday. That's so
2: that's why. Yeah, that'll do it.
1: Uh the defense I like is uh Minnesota at the Bears, thirty four hundred on DraftKings down to they're four thousand on FanDuel. <laughs> they're really cheap on FanDuel. They're they're cheaper than Denver on FanDuel. Um i just think this defense is really good they have four sacks in two different games i think mitchell trubisky is really bad i think he uh, i think trubisky makes a couple mistakes you know it's a defense you never know whether it turns into touchdowns or turns into nothing uh but i think minnesota gets opportunities to make plays and uh when i'm when i'm paying down a little bit at at a defense they're not as cheap on DraftKings, but they are they are on Fanduel. uh you know i want opportunity i think minnesota wins this game as an underdog so if you want underdog uh underdog bet i think they cut they uh They cover this game and win straight out. I think they're a better team than Chicago. I think Chicago's a little bit smoke and mirrors right now. I think Trubisky's a problem. And I think Minnesota defense takes advantage of it.
2: I like it. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. So that's, uh, that's where I'd go on defense. I think that, uh, I think the Rams are kind of interesting too. Yeah. I yeah. think that a uh, Jameis makes a couple mistakes and they're, uh, you know, priced up a little bit, but I think everybody up in that range will go, uh, chargers or new England or Baltimore instead. I think the Rams slide through it at a, at a pretty low percentage and uh, give you some upside too.
2: Yeah. I like that. Uh, and even in the cheaper range, like if you could just forget about the teams and you're like, which quarterbacks, uh, are they facing and are there turnovers there like Washington at 2,800 on DraftKings, like playing Daniel Jones, who's coming off this great game, but like it's very possible he crashes back down. And so yeah. I don't think that's bad at all. Um, I and mean, you could do the same thing with Houston um, home against Kyle Allen at 3,100. Like that's not so bad. And you game wise, like you would expect the Colts to do pretty well against Oakland, although it just doesn't seem like they're probably going to throw in like dangerous enough situations to create turnovers, but they're 3,100 on DraftKings too, which seems pretty cheap. Uh, home against yeah. the Warriors.
1: In the NFL, uh, I think uh, coordinators and defenses are so smart that I think a full game of film is a significant uh, difference than no games totally of film. Totally So So with, with, with Allen and Daniel Jones, I think that's important. And I think the defensive coordinators, you know, with uh, a full seven days to break down that film, uh, probably figure some stuff out. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah cool. Well, thanks everybody here listening for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We greatly appreciate you listening. Greatly appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast. Also, if you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at RotoWire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. Any uh, comments or questions you have, uh, do, do hit us up there. We'd be happy to uh, answer or uh, you know address or uh, do stuff in the next podcast. Hope everybody has a fantastic week four. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.